You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! The beast in me is caged by frail and fragile bars. Restless by day and by night, rants and rages at the stars. God help the beast in me. The beast in me has had to learn to live with pain. And how to shelter from the rain And in the twinkling of an eye Might have to be restrained God help the beast in me Sometimes it tries to kid me that it's just a teddy bear Or even somehow managed to vanish in the air Then that is when I must beware of the beast in me That everybody knows They've seen him out dressed in my clothes Patently unclear If it's New York Or New Year God help The beast in me Beast in me. Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. Yeah, we're gonna get down to it. Ron Pet Show. I'm on Bennington. Today, artist of the day is the music of the Sopranos. And look who I see uh, in the pip seat, Handsome Johnny. Tube steak. Tubes is here. You know what? I'm going to get Molly away from Handsome Johnny because I want her to get pregnant. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) Well done. Well done. I'm exhausted. That's right. You know what? I don't know how he did seven years of 30 Rock now because that is tough. He nailed it every night. (laughs) Uh, You're taking Shelby around today? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, talking to some people that I talked to with Tokomo Joe. Mm-hmm. Going on tour. I guess. Uh, you want to get him a little more presentable? <laughs> I did talk to him about that last night. I'm like, right. you got to fucking come in sharp, dog. Not so creepy. Yeah. Personable. You have to sell yourself here. I'll be with you, but you got to work yeah. on you. There's something about Shelby where when you look at him for more than a second, you scream out, oh my God, where are the children? <laughs> 
Get that in his fucking basement is what you're fucking. That's what's happening. Yeah, and he'll take his time to do it. That's the horrible thing about him. Uh, Shelby is going up against Molly on Friday. We're doing the uh, this kind of intern game where two of the interns are battling against the other two, and we're giving them like 15, 20 minute shows. Yep. And it's going to be Shelby and Bob. What's the name of your show, Shelb? Classic and Mike. Okay, Classic and Mike. Is it, wait, Classic Mike or Classic and Mike? Classic and Mike. <laughs> Mike Bob. Mike Bob is, wants to go by Mike. It's starting to seem like Bob does not want to keep the name Bob full time. That's weird. I like Bob. <laughs> this would be good for if he goes with the name Mike, because he could try to get a job with Mike and Mike in the morning. And then Mike and Mike with Mike. Slide right in there. Yeah. Dusting of Mike on the already loaded plate of Mike. I like it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, and I don't know you classic. Know, you know how people are crazy about bacon and they just over bacon it? Yeah. That's how Mike is going to be in the future. Mike is the ba bacon of sports talk. Oh, it's delicious. I can't get enough of that shit. <laughs> and, uh,. Uh, I'd like to do a sports show myself. My topics are going to be, what was the coach thinking? <laughs> uh, the money's gotten crazy. Yeah. Who's on drugs? We get that out there. <laughs> Is that a Dewey he got? Yeah. And then I'm just going to do my, uh, where I pick the winners, which I call bank it up. <laughs> oh, come on. Can I come, can I come by for that, just for that segment? I don't want to have a lot of people and bank it up. It's my signature piece. <laughs> That's what I'm known for. Looks like he just banked it up in the end zone. Now, Molly, are you guys going to call yourselves Molly and Mike? No. We are the Molly and Joe show. Which I think is a nice ring to it. Ring to it. Thornton. Sean Thornton. <laughs> uh, and you guys are going to be doing all sports, too? Uh, no. We are going to crush Shelby and Ba. And we're not going to do... I'm sorry. Shelby and Mike. <laughs> Classic, Classic in my game. Right, Molly. It's like I mean, you'd, it doesn't you'd, even matter. They're already going to be obsolete. You know, I you'd you'd say that, but you're co-hosting with somebody who he starts a joke without a punchline. So I mean, that could Whoa. be a problem. Whoa, it could he be right, a problem. He's he right. He doesn't he's... know where he's going. <laughs> no joke. He can think on his feet. He peters out. But uh, like, hey, you, the, the, I was at a farm uh, this weekend. You know, how do I fucking end this? <laughs> but you know what I like? You took the name that Molly gave you, classic, which you said you hate it. And now, by the way, people want to know: is that actually you commenting on the eye bang? Yeah, I think so. Some yeah. of the outrageously <laughs> inappropriate and antisocial things, <laughs> because people wrote to me and they said. There is a fake uh, classic Wait, shell bone really? there being an asshole. I think I did like one, but I don't no, know how like, many. Like. There's like a half dozen. Oh, <laughs> now I'm not sure. That's the problem with you. Uh, here's uh, Phil has a, uh, well, a spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Phil, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah. yeah, California passed a law saying that transgender students could decide which gender restrooms they want to use and which gender sports teams they would like to play on. See, I have less trouble with where they piss than if some big dude wearing a dress. Starts crushing the girls across team? Yeah, that, <laughs> Just, that's more of a problem. Fucking dominating, well, beating them up. 
what, what's to stop uh, a horny young teenager boy from saying, eh, I might want to use the uh, a female locker room. I, I would, I I would probably say the principal would stop that from happening. <laughs> it's going to be on a one-to-one basis, as it is now. Yeah. What's to stop anyone from going into the ladies' room now? Society. <laughs> Rob Cross. Yeah, I mean, I am. <laughs> Rob's... I don't. It's never come up where Rob says, "Hey guys, <laughs> let's make sure we're using the correct bathroom." Stay out of there. <laughs> it's gonna get you in trouble with HR. I mean, if it was such a big deal, we would be nervous. Like, hey, there's gay guys in our men's room, but you know, what I mean, it doesn't come up. I don't feel comfortable. Like, do you ever have a problem with uh, Fez in the men's room? No, not at all. What I always do, and I've done this for years, I do two things with Fez. I pull his shirt up <laughs> if he's at the urinal, exposing his back, and stopping his flow. He will not be able to pee, or sometimes just splashing water down his neck. That's, that doesn't make him feel good? Or if I'm ever peeing next to him, sometimes I just start scratching his head softly. <laughs> and I'll go like this, having a nice pee. Not anymore, I'm not. Because I don't think it's that big a deal. He's got to get over the pee shyness. It's almost he, reassuring. You're giving him a reassuring pat. Thank you. I feel that way too, Jenny. But some people, they get incredibly pee shy. I, I do not understand. I could piss, I could piss anywhere. I'm well, telling you right now. Something to brag about, I guess. <laughs> Doesn't you know? matter to me. I actually prefer to go to phone booths outside when I'm, I'm out, instead of going to like the bar bathroom. I feel like a fo- here in New York City. I feel like a phone booth is cleaner than urinating in a bar bathroom. You pee in a phone booth? That's what they're used for now. <laughs> There's not even any fucking door or walls on it. It's fine. I, you I, might as well just pee next to any <laughs> telephone pole. Though I do pick up the phone and act as if I'm on it, just to see if I can fool anyone. Now, I'm just pointing this out. Yesterday, he told us how public <laughs> breastfeeding is the grossest thing ever, and now he pisses on a phone receiver. Not gross. I just feel that I get distracted by it, and don't I you, can't help but look. Don't you start to think about the other people that have peed in that same spot? No, it's dry. Well, but l- let's also get through this. How come every time I'm walking down the street, I can see a dog peeing? Uh, a dog peeing, in a lot of ways, is grosser than a human peeing. Yeah, the dog penis is creepy. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I, and I, I most don't... of the time, you're staring straight into their buttholes. <laughs> as it is. Yeah, that's the worst. I don't want to look fuck, like fucking dogs with a puffed up tail where the asshole's constantly... Thank s- you. It's like a husky or whatever. No, thank you. All right, let's come up with something that I'd like to call the asshole patch, where <laughs> you just have this little thing that you can seal over a dog's ass. I, I, I'll invest in that right now, and it should be fucking being sold on late night television. It's like a flower or something. You just put it over. No, okay, like a flower detail. Yeah. But she's saying to All make right. it happier. Okay, good. Like a doily on its fucking yeah, ass? Yeah, well, it's all, it was always going to be a doily, but now it's going to be like, oh, that flower, just, that dog just has a flower on its ass. I feel much more comfortable. We're going to be huge in the pug community. Yeah. They're fucking disgusting. Oh, if I like to do is kill pugs. I don't think I could own like a male dog. Like the fucking asshole and the dick and balls. Right. So creepy, man. Bl- I, I feel uncomfortable. I Your bluntness is disgusting. Here's uh, Laurie. Laurie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Well, that's um, my, my so- job, Laurie. Much appreciated. You do it well. Thank you. So, um, Larry and I are getting married this weekend. We're designing our own playlist. It's crunch time. We need good, danceable music. But we're not really the get-up-and-dance sort of people. And every list I see online of what to play 
at a wedding is horrendous. Like, it's really, it's terrible. Like, I can't believe that you're waiting to the last second <laughs> to put together your playlist. Now, lucky it's, for you, we do have handsome Johnny Tubestakes. Oh, yeah. Who's a musical genius. He knows all the hip music. Running uh, shit over at the coffee clutch. Yeah. He's doing a hell of a job of it. Delicious. <laughs> the oh, coffee, I got my hunt. pen. Let's hear it. What do I play? All right. Well, for you know, what are going to be the ages of the people at the wedding? Because people tend to dance to familiar music. It's why the cheesy music works well. Um, well, we're going to have a lot of 30-year-old couples. So okay. all of the, you know, like the Pepper Hicks range. Like, we love Pepper Hicks' music. Like, that's right. kind of one of the This is perfect. Yeah. Pepper, what's ready to get you and your junkie friends up and shaking out <laughs> at a party? What's going to take you out of the nods? I'd say a little LCD sound system. Death Punk Ooh. is playing in my house. I love that song. I think that will get people like, this is the shit. We're fucking down for it now. We did want to start the party with North American scum, but it just didn't seem to set the right tone with the older crowd who are like 70-year-old Russians. Okay, now, do <laughs> not be afraid to go to traditional old Russian music, particularly when buzz hour kicks in, because... <laughs> At a wedding, you like to jump up and dance to crazy fucking shit. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's we gonna be. We did find a version of Pava Nagila by the band Mo, which is. I would have that ready at all times. Yeah, sure. Uh, also, by the age that you are talking about, because you want a song everyone knows, I think Hey Ya could be a fucking gigantic hit for you at this thing. There are you know, good top forty songs that have broken out. Like what? Well, like hey, yeah, that that thing was huge, but it's okay, a great give song. Me some more. Uh, I'd say, I'd say "Train in Vain" by the uh, Clash. That's one of their big radio hits. I think that will get people fucking. That's way back, though. I mean, that's going to get the '70s more than the '30s, isn't it? Um, no, we have some like forty-year-old, like post-punk, like you know, that that'll go over well. Which Clash song was it? "Train in Vain." Right in vain, got it. Okay. All right, if we're going in that direction, let's not count out Talking Heads. All right. To on get there. us up. They're on the list. Um, Definitely on the list already. And I'm even going to throw in a Rock Lobster. I'm going to throw <laughs> in a Rock Lobster because it's a funny... Oh, my God. Ron, our wedding is in Maine, and I skipped Rock Lobster. I knew yeah, I didn't want to play Lobster. Because people will, like, hey, look how funny I danced to Rock oh, Lobster. Oh, yeah, and they're messed up. Yeah. So, you know, let them think they're making fun of dance <laughs> as they're dancing. All right, let's go to Handsome Johnny, who works a lot in the acoustic field. So I don't know what he's going to do with dance music. I got to say, if you're, I don't know how old, and you said like 30s, um, if a good way to close out your wedding, if you go with the killers, all these things that I've done, it's an awesome way to close out your wedding. People love that song, especially when they're drunk. It's a well, the day. actual close to the wedding is going to be Satellite of Love, but we do need Well, I mean, that's why you're yeah, walking that's... out and saying goodbye to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm talking about dancing. Like... Last dance. It is the last song played of the evening, and we've been looking forward to it for as long as, you know. All right, well then, well, then second to last song. If you're looking for one, this that's is definitely the one for you. All these things I've done. Got it. Okay. Yeah, this is going to get people just fucking... It obviously picks up. I mean, you could skip this, you could skip this part. I mean, you could skip this part for the wedding. You go miss the bright side for going killers. I mean, no, this picks up. This picks up. Give it a chance.
lot of car dancing to this song. All right. That's what you've got to say to yourself is what means the most to me and my friends, mm -hmm. you know? And then you've got to understand that there are a reason why the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> became this major fucking dance band all around the world because that fucking matter, I mean, that's easy to dance to. KC and the Sunshine Band, easy to dance to. Um, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, oh, easy to fucking dance huge. to. You know, you're not trying to say, aren't we cool? You're trying to say, break down your fucking fear, ladies and gentlemen, and hit the fucking floor. I'm trying to embrace it. I'm trying to get into Black Eyed Peas, but it's every time I hear Black Eyed Peas, I think I'm at a bar mitzvah. Please like, don't play not... Black Eyed Peas at your wedding. Please I'm do telling that. you. It's a crowd pleaser. Please don't it, fucking do that. There is a reason that that fucking shit works. And you you can oh, sit there and battle it back trying to be cool or you can fill the fucking dance floor. Cause I've got a feeling that tonight is going to be a good night. It's yeah. garbage. No, it's not. <laughs> it's up to you, but I'm telling you, you can stuff a fucking dance floor because you're trying to please little kids and old people at a um, wedding. Uh, you can act like you're ironically dancing <laughs> to it, if that helps at all. Um, here's Chris in Jersey. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah. Uh, I used to be a DJ, and anytime a bride came to us and said, listen, I don't want to play any of that chicken dance crap or top 40 stuff, and it was like all about what was in her or her fiance's right. iPod or what was like hip, the dance floor was empty. Mm -hmm. And we, then you start playing like some 70s funk that everybody's familiar with. You start playing the hits. You start playing that traditional stuff. Everybody gets out there. It's just a try. It's just it's it's like science. I yeah. saw it happen every time, it, the, just like you're saying. You're and looking you, you for could, mass appeal. You're looking for uh, the TV show Friends, where no one will ever say, "Oh, this is my favorite show ever." But if you put it on, it's going to be the most watched show yeah. because it's comfortable for people. They don't but sit there I and go in, in the middle, you know, like with Rock Lobster, that's awesome and danceable and cheesy as hell, but right. it works, you know. Um, here's uh, so here's Kevin in Maine. You're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ron, how are you? Good. Good, good. Um, so I'm a wedding DJ here in, in uh, Portland, Maine. And, um, you know, like you guys are talking about, there is a large demographic of people who are coming to a wedding who all have a different idea of what the perfect DJ is going to play right. and how they're going to do that. And what you need to really look at is you're, you're not trying to play a specific song. You're trying to create an entire floor of uh, togetherness and happiness. Right. If, you start, if you start playing to one genre... Chances are there's only two or three people there that really dig that genre, and they're probably too cool to get on the dance floor anyways. Um, so, and plus, when uh, you, you start going out later in the evening, drunk the more drunk you get, the more you want these cheesy, overplayed songs um, that, that you would never listen to in your car. Well, well, but, give us one that's going to fill the fucking floor, Kevin. You know, um, Shoop. Shoop, boop, doop. I would agree. I would fucking I would jump up if I, if I heard fucking shoop. Um, 
here's uh, Carl. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey guys, I had the same issue for my wedding, and I went uh, with a handful of Beatles songs because you can't go around the Beatles like Oh the D, Oh the Everybody loves it, but yet it's still cool. Um, and then as the night goes on, you bust out the old school like Young MC. Um, you know, bust the move. And now, stuff. the good it's thing there is you can grab your uncle and yell out, hey, fat boy, let's bust the move. <laughs> and that's, yeah. an extra, that's an extra fun joke. Uh, Brian in California, you're on the Run of Fed show. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah. uh, third song on my dance floor was the Digital Underground, the Humpty Dance. Old people liked it, young people liked it, the little kids danced. I, I will it. agree with that 100%. Humpty Dance is going to go for it. Now, um, he, Laurie, I'm going to give you another thing. Mm -hmm. Who stole Purple Rain away from Prince? I'm talking about Mars Day and the motherfucking time. That okay. uh, You put a jungle love out there, <laughs> and people are going to be up. Um, you know, as a Kevin Smith fan, I, I'm Perfect. totally with you on that. You Perfect. Anyone who's ever been the surprise guest at the end of a movie? Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, KC has done it. Honestly, yeah, P-Funk is going. Um, and my family, Chocolate City's big, but in a lot of, a lot of places go different. Now, little children will jump up and start dancing to this. And even Prince had to sit back and go, you know what? We get the second best band in this fucking movie. This is why Prince was getting uh, Prince had to take back seat to the Apollonia pussy. That thing had already had to be tried and true by Mars Day before Prince even got near it. Um, Sean, you're on the Ronnie Face show. Hey, Ronnie, you said it's the trump card of all time, KC and the Sunshine Band. KC and the Sunshine Band at least have four songs that will fill any fucking dance floor in history. Uh, in a similar vein, I would go Cool in the Gang. Cool in the motherfucking gang. Is that what the technical name Yeah, I would go Hollywood Swinging if that's what we're fucking talking about there. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Can't go wrong with MJ either. That's going to get everybody. Oh, good call. Uh, which one, though? I don't know what Michael Both. Jackson's song to play. I want to go Young Michael, but I don't know which one. Well, I would go the 79 off the wall, Michael, because that was disco, oh, yeah. Michael. And uh, that fucking shit is pretty great, and it's danceable. Now... Mm -hmm. Will people jump up and fucking dance to I Want You Back in my neighborhood? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because motherfuckers came up that way. I don't know mm -hmm. if these kids would, though. No, I definitely would. Shelb? Yeah, def that music's timeless. Do you think if what? I asked Shelby to dance at your wedding, he would say yes or no? I think Absolutely would, not. I, I would think he'd say no to anything. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing, kissing, sex, nothing <laughs> does he want. <laughs> Uh, some of these are going to be up on the iBang, too, if you'd like to. Uh, I, been, I look forward to the comment board on the iBang as well, because, you know, we're right, going to have we This is it. Now. This is the one. Yeah. Oh, look. There's the usher dancing with your grandmother. There's the best man. He's picked up a five-year-old girl, and he's dancing around with her, and everyone thinks he's adorable for it. <laughs>
Here's Sal in New York. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, best Wang song ever, September by Earthway and Fire. That will get you off your ass for sure. Uh, I would agree with that as well. Um, that's a really, that's a really good call. And you can also do Celebration. I'm also a big fan of, because yeah. I think lyrics can get in the way, and I'm a big fan of this young combo called Tidal Wave down <laughs> in Florida. And they're just fucking bringing it. Um, here's Moto. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, man. Uh, so, first thing off, do not do single ladies when you throw the baton or the bouquet. Everybody deserves to slap you if you do that. And then to end it, uh, definitely do Queens, Find Me Somebody to Love. I mean, it's Bill. Everybody can sing. Everybody's on the dance floor. Okay. Uh, Josh, you're on yeah, the run of Fed show. we're not doing any of that bouquet or garter crap. Yeah, like I wouldn't either. Not us, no. A little bit softer now. A little bit softer shout. now. Shout. Famous Isley Brothers, shout. Yeah. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. <laughs> A little bit louder now. Shout, 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 shout. Woo! I love uh, it. I had that guy from the Animal House thing come and do a gig that I was doing. And he introduced me to somebody as his as he's like, this is my niece. She's gonna be backing me up. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then later they were making out on stage. <laughs> so I'm saying, either he lied to me, or this was a very odd thing. But we did it at a gig, and he came out, and you know, he just had the you pay him to do this song, yeah. And he just like slaps in a piece of music and sings along to it. Holy the shit. fucking place went crazy. Nuts. Went fucking bananas. For the makeout or for the music? No, the whole thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, you yeah. know, you're going to get the full show. <laughs> um, now, this is good because people do. And even like the twist music is fucking perfect. Because oh, everyone thinks they can do the twist. Make everyone feel like they're in Pulp Fiction. That's the goddamn. Okay. Come on. No, you can never can tell. There we go. This will fucking make people lose their shit. And then you dance just you like the Volta. Um, here's Dave. You're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, you gotta uh, drop the bomb on me, the Daz band. You the Gap band is fucking, will fucking drop a bomb on your fucking reception. There's no doubt about it. Uh, these are up on the iBank, too, if you want to give your perfect uh, wedding dance songs. Laura, are you excited about this, or are you nervous? That's going to be a terrible night. You know, it's going to be wonderful, but leading up, figuring out, you know, the exact final details is very nerve-wracking. But it's, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. Good. Gotta walk down uh, the aisle. This is such a big help. This is awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. I would be so fucking happy. I heard this. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, um, a party, a party in a party without a little baby got back. I got no problem with that. 
Let the, let the big girls get them asses out. I think it's happy for everybody. Um, Lance, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Ronnie, ain't nothing like a good bump and grind song. King Floyd, groove me, baby. Now, I love that song, but are you going to alienate people? You know? not There's not a lot of King Floyd fans out there. But this is the greatest song in the world. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm waiting for shelves to start moving and start dancing. It's not doing anything. Just staring at him, staring at him. You become a sweet taste in my mouth now. And I want you to be my spouse. So that we can live happily now. In a great big old roomy house. And I know you're gonna groove me, baby. Until that fucking big hug. Make me feel good inside. Come on. Here we go. I always thought oh, if, yeah. if Michael Jordan could sing, this is exactly what he would sound like. Um, by the way, we weren't the first with the flower covering up the dog's asshole. I'm going through this. And, no way. Yeah, there's. Really? Yeah. There's this yeah. uh, thing called rear gear. Rear gear. Doing a great job of it. I feel like we can make a better one. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those dogs with a curled up tail, but he's fluffy enough that you don't see anything offensive. Yeah, yeah but then it sticks to its ass. Oh. Um, Cody, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, you want to get people on the dance floor? You got to play some James Brown. What are we talking? Sex good. machine? Or I feel good. Either one. You got a number you can take from. I don't know. That whole feel good is a little overdone. But sex machine, you can take it to the bridge. I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Get up. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up. Get on up, get up, get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine, get on up, get up, get on up. We had one of the all-time greats in here of get motherfuckers up on the dance floor. Nile Rogers was just in here the other day. Almost anything he's ever done will get people jumping up. Just the sheet catalog. The sheet, yeah, the sheet gets along. That's a smart one. This is going to be the greatest wedding we've ever fucking put together. <laughs> um, well, we wanted to invite you, but since you don't go to weddings, no. we figured you wouldn't make it. <laughs> Hey, what is this going to be the song that you two dance to? We're thinking of um, the Bright Eyes song, First Day of My Life. Oh, or so Cat sweet. Power's version of Sea of Love. I think Bright Eyes is going to at least remind you of time and space. 
I don't like to use a classical song there. I think it should be, you know, something that reminds you of, oh, yeah, that was about the era that it was. It's, well, it's the era that we spent when we started dating, just sitting in my unair-conditioned kitchen, just, you know. So romantic. Mm-hmm. No, staring at each other, Shooting I don't know. Yeah, just <laughs> sweaty, uncomfortable guy. Yeah. This is the first day of my life. You should definitely dance to this one. Plus, it's commercial. <laughs> That's, no, when that commercial started airing, I got really I do not want to use something so bloody out there. Actually, this would choke me up if I watched two people dance to this. I'm already getting yes. choked up. This is going to be the best wedding. Shelf, what about you? You choked up at all? No, I don't really understand weddings at all, but I mean, <laughs> knock well, yourself that, out. I kind of agree with you. Requires they're, human emotion. They're a little obnoxious. <laughs> Look at us, everyone. We're doing something. The cost alone is the most fucking obnoxious thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, let me just tell you, this is not our personality type. Like, getting up in front of people, like, throwing parties like this, this is not quite us. But, you know, we love each other, and we want to throw a good party for all of our friends and family that have supported us and stuff, so... I think you should stand in that church, and this would, I would never forget this, and just slice through your hand, like both of you cut your hand and push it together. And you know, not like a little nick, just a big slice. You just gotta you be know. pouring out. It's romantic. People in the back gotta see. Yeah. They can't be confused as to what you're doing. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not really feeling the blood thing. Yeah. Alright, just do it. Having a non traditional no serum as well, so. And I thought it was strange you said everything changed, you felt. How far along are you in your pregnancy? Um, um, I'm like negative two years. Weird. <laughs> My neighborhood, we would always, that would be the thing, like you're barely showing. We'd always say that uh, for the bride, you're barely showing. All right, sweetie, best of luck to you, okay? Oh, I love you guys. I love all of you. I'm going to miss Molly and all everybody so much. But especially Molly. Thanks. Yeah. You guys have been so helpful. Like, you have no idea. No, I, really I have every idea. I know exactly. <laughs> We've made your special day. I know it. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye. You know what would be great for when Molly leaves? Is if we have her leave on a hot air balloon. Okay. Or she just flies away like Dorothy. <laughs> I'll rent one. Okay. You launch from the roof. You're going to have to buy it because I don't think we'll get it back. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's pretty high on the loose roof. What is it, 72 floors? Yeah. All right. That sounds That's scary. That's a tough yeah. one to take off from. <laughs> we got to make this thing huge and crazy. Or maybe we should have a base jump from the top of the fucking building. God, that'd be great. Maybe get Red Bull to sponsor it. <laughs> well, who are they going against? That's what we need, the up-and-comer. I guess Monster Energy Drink. I'm not familiar with them. They're all delicious. Oh, they all are. Yeah. Like battery fluid. That's, that's yeah, pretty delicious. It is delicious. <laughs> well, we did a lot of good for people today with our wedding songs. Yeah. Maybe we should become wedding planners and get out of the fucking radio game <laughs> and what we want to do. We have the music down. I know a keg guy. All right, that's two right there. I, I don't think the keg, I don't think they're involved, the music and the keg, I don't think they go together. Really? People don't drink and then dance no, I don't think, the I don't, think they, I don't think they hire the same fucking guy to get the kegs to do I'm the music. I'm saying it's all in one fucking goddamn <laughs> you know, service. Here's the thing, the fact that you guys come from two different directions is helpful to me. You know what I mean? I love the fact that, that you're not both sitting there thinking the same thing. I don't know if I can work with this fucking guy then. Well, if we're going to do the feelings this. Work with mutual. me and then I'll also work with him, okay? And that's a team. Just knowing. There's no one who'll be around. <laughs> Why do you think people, like, get married still? Like, do you think they will, like, 
200 yeah. years from now. Well, there, it's a ridiculous thing to get married when you think about it now. Like, I love you so much. Let's get some paperwork involved. <laughs> well, that's why I laughed at gay people for wanting to get married when most marriages don't work out. As a, First of all, you got more than half end in divorce. Yeah. And then the half that are together, there are a lot of those that are miserable marriages. You can't tell me that the people who are cool with each other after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years are going to be cool with each other no matter whether they have paperwork or not. They're all getting divorced, too. I know that some of the stars are getting divorced pretty quickly. Well, they, they always have. They've always been first. But every Oh, you mean the gay stars? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no reason that their numbers are going to be any better than heterosexuals. But what you have to do, there's a... No one wants to hear the word term compromise. But it's true. Look, at Molly's dad had to raise both those girls by himself. <laughs> Unbelievable. No! Mommy went out for drinky drinks. Sip, sip, sip. <laughs> Sip, sip, sip. How do you like it? How do you like it? Isn't there some kind of tax benefit for getting married? Then let's give everyone a tax benefit. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> I hate. I hate. Oh, get a tax benefit. You have a kid, so Hicks should be fucking penalized. Dude, he does my, that my shitty kid? fucking accountant said, "Yeah." I was like, "Why am I? Why do I owe money? I, I make fucking nothing. I'm broke." He's like, "You're not married, and you don't have kids. That's the fucking reason he gave." I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want children. I'm not getting married. And shouldn't we be saying thank you to the people not having children yeah. and using up more shit in this environment? Pay for these fucking roads. Like, you get a tax break, but then, like, all the costs of oh. having a kid, doesn't it just even out anyway? <laughs> yeah, those fucking kids. It's like giving birth to bull weevil. They just fucking <laughs> eat. Bless you. They just never stop. Just eat and fucking go to school and shit. Clothing. They fucking yeah. They grow out of their shoes. What? What? Well, all right. All right. Okay. Here's a question. Got. Say I had a kid. Right. What if I just dressed the kid in just like overly large clothing so I would have to? Is that possible? Yeah. If you're Irish, <laughs> if you want to fucking live like a person. <laughs> I mean, they're children. You really, what's the matter with their fucking clothes? Well, they'd be like? Amish, and you just sew their own fucking clothes <laughs> on them. Get them, like, size 8 shoes when they're fucking 2. I don't know, Hicks. I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to fight back against tradition. I guess. Someone has to. That's You think that that's the reason why people get married? Because it's just, like, the tradition? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's the main thing. I don't think anybody would invent it these days. We haven't come up with any new way of doing stuff. And a lot of it is about this day where everyone celebrates us. But a lot of it is about the wedding more than the marriage. That's true. And a wedding is oh, it's the most egotistic thing you'll ever see in your life. Is 30 grand the average people spend? Again, you're fucking attached with money. I'm talking about the fact that you have to be the center of everyone's attention that day. It is weird when everyone's when the the couple sit in the middle and, yes, like alone and from everybody every, waits everyone. and claps for them to fucking kiss and they get up and talk about their love for each other. Yeah. You don't normally do that. I like if you went nice. out to dinner and someone started to say, Shelby, I look at you today as a man. You'd be like, hey, would you two stop embarrassing the table? I think that's why, because all of these years of build up of everyone's friends just like 
thinking that it's annoying when people are like goo goo eyes for each other. There's like one day where you just get it all out and then that's it. And then you can hate each other for the rest of your marriage. See, that's what? why they that's don't so work. Romantic. This is it. It's more. Ab- <laughs> it's you like it for the same reason that you like getting those dolls. It's a fucking fantasy. It's a made up fantasy. Well, it's not. I always laugh for the fact that you could get married for a week and that goes on your record if it don't work out. But the hey, we crashed together for fucking two, three years means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> it's fucking absurd. It's totally ridiculous. No, it's all made up. It's dumb. Imagine if gay people have just been like, we we don't want marriage. So like, fuck you to everyone. I would love them for it. I would fucking. <laughs> I would love if they said we came up with a better system to protect ourselves. And look, I think if you went to Congress and said we'd like to see people get benefits for not having children. Oh, fuck. That would be fucking great for this country. There's too many people. That would fucking blow people's minds. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> or just the, from the say, we promise not to own two cars. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our Because, agreement. look, we're willing to share a fucking life, but not a car. That we each have to have our own. <laughs> Meet you at Grandma's house. Strange fucking world we live in. <laughs> it's it's a matter of building upon failures. By the way, I hope Genesis. I hope she's not listening anymore. If there's Laurie, I hope she. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> just went with the happy part. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Al, you're on the Run Fez show. Roddy share your views on marriage, but nonetheless, my youngest is getting married in New Orleans next June. I'm racking my brain for a, uh, a father-daughter song. I should mention, tragically white, Southern Baptist upbringing. The only thing I'm going to pull off is to uh, box step that thing, you know what I'm saying? Is there a song called I Let You Down, or I Worried More About My Work Than Your <laughs> Life? <laughs> Molly, do you have a, any idea what you and your dad's going to dance to? I don't have an idea, but I know like a really popular choice um, that I think is nice, but not right for me, which is um, John Mayer's song. Um, oh, the daughter yeah, song? Yeah, fathers be good to oh. your daughters. Yeah, that's as much as anyone knows of that song. But it's kind of nice yeah. for a father-daughter dance. I don't know. What do you think of the John Mayer gimmick? I'm not a mayor guy. Uh, he had another one out there. I, I was thinking Hicks, uh, My Morning Jacket, Old Sweet Nothing. What do you think of that, Hicks? That's not bad. Is that too, uh, too far out there? Too niche? No, I don't think it is. It should be something there. between you two, though. Yeah. yeah it's got, it's got, yeah, is, is there no music that was shared in your throughout your life? Uh, I'm a Pink Floyd guy, so... Uh, Perfect. Clumptively numb. Just yeah. you two out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the weirdo. Or All mother, right, you know. I'm on it. Enjoy yourself. All right, bro. Fearless. We have really become wedding pro- planners. I've decided on my father-daughter song. I just had an epiphany. What is it? La Vie en Rose. Oh, I love that song. Louis Armstrong version. Well, you're getting away from me, Pierre. So all of a sudden, what's up is down. What's black is white. Yeah. Obama's finally taken over the country. Congratulations. <laughs> Would this be nice? You guys are all invited to my wedding. We'll be there. You think I got plans? <laughs> Just do us a favor and give us your the, our own table, so we don't have to. 
Oh yeah, mango I, with the weirdos. I'm always at the weirdo table. I feel like I'm table get number nine into the next fucking thing here. Your dad and his jazz friends. Are they gonna have their instruments? I'm guessing. Yeah, they'll probably play. Good. Now, uh, here's the family thing, and this is up on the iBank today. The thing where Justin Bieber was naked in front of his grandmother seems to be freaking out the entire world. Yeah, people don't want to see his bare ass, and they think it's just so horrible that he was naked in front of his grandmother, even though he didn't show off the, the crotch. Yeah. It was a, there was a, you know, a tastefully placed guitar. It was during Thanksgiving, was the story. Here's the weird thing, and I hope it's just an angle. He looks twice as tall as her. I thought he looks like a fucking giant in this fucking thing. How tall is that woman? Fucking three feet? Is he a goddamn family from midgets? Because he looks like a fucking... It's literally like they did CGI in this picture. Like it's fucking Gandalf and the goddamn hobbits. Look, I I am still grossed out that you said tastefully placed guitar. Yeah. Like you wanted to taste where the guitar was. Oh, no, no, no. Tastefully. Like it's a good, you know, like it's... You know, classy. Like, oh. it's a classily done thing, so he doesn't show it off to his G-Ma. I didn't know that you called it G-Ma. G-Ma. <laughs> but, yeah. She's old school G. <laughs> but, again, I don't know. Who put this picture out? Like, it's a good thing. I have no idea what, what part of his camp or some whoever dimed him out, what part of family member did this. He probably fucking did it. Or his little fucking friend, little twist. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, our wedding song was You Better You Bet by The Who. Mm. You didn't want to do Eminence Front? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessica, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. My suggestion for a good father-daughter song, my dad and I danced to the Beatles in my life. And I think the whole Sad thing though. about it being like an emotional moment was that it meant a lot to my dad when he heard it when he was a teenager, and then we danced to it. He cried so hard, my husband had to come on the dance floor to help me hold him up Jesus because he was just breaking down so hard. an alcoholic, huh? <laughs> but it was, it it's was like great. someone had a couple a before the moment. ceremony started. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, is there another song called Butch Up or... <laughs> well, and to know my father, I guess, is that he's a very tough guy, and is he? you know no, he's, he's not, not much for dancing. Not for that but breakdown. when we got out there, and he didn't know, and that song queued up, man, it was all over with. Look, so, uh, the song kills me already. You know, it's almost too much for me. Under just a regular thing, I'll be driving down the road is. and hear that. For sure. And, and, you know, every time I hear it, even now in the car, like, my eyes start glazing over. And I think, God, that was horrible. I can't believe I humiliated my dad like that. But yeah. You did but humiliate him. You stole his masculinity. And he'll always have that that everyone Absolutely. saw him weak. <laughs> these memories lose their meaning. Why are you going to make me cry on the radio? Well, just think of it now, because he's not going to be alive forever, honey. He'll be gone one day. God damn it. picture yourself standing over his grave when this song is playing. Yeah. I just couldn't picture my dad and I dancing to that uh, Thank Heaven for Little Girls and that horrible yeah, That song's disgusting. <laughs> That's a it's kid touches terrible. song if I've ever heard one. And Butterfly Kisses? Cute. Yeah. So... When I went over the list, it was like, man, I need to find a very non-traditional father-daughter song, and 
I started kind of like thinking like what my dad would appreciate and Drotto Tall's Aqualung is like his favorite. Well, it's everybody's favorite, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But also incredibly long and not... uh, I know, but you could have gave him locomotive breath and that way everybody would have fun. All right, this Justin Bieber is. Look at the other picture. He's growing at ridiculous fucking. Was he six eight? His legs are super long, <laughs> like in proportion to his body. I just like to see LeBron standing next to him because we'd have some idea. <laughs> we need context here. Someone put a quarter next to his fucking head. He's the uh, goddamn NBA. Are you putting up the Devito? That's so fucking funny. Look, he's right, his big skull is right at the top of the fucking ceiling. Uh, maybe they just have a tiny home. I don't know. You think they wouldn't? Since he's got the, all that fucking beaver money. You think he'd help out Where's grandma? He Hobbit Town? It's what it's what it looks like. I don't know. I think these things might just be doctored. Why would they doctor something? I don't like know. That? But let's try this. to make Justin look be bigger. Look at the height of that woman. <laughs> she has to be fucking tiny. And where the, this is the least. <laughs> Home feeling ever. It's like they're staying in a Marriott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking wall to wall carpeting in the fucking hallways. And the shit. whole mini match thing just makes me feel queasy with lack of attachment. <laughs> well, it's fucking. It, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's like Star Trek. Yeah, it's like oh, that's expensive, but you don't feel comfortable there. Just You're living a, on the on the on the fucking Star Trek deck. Throw a tasteful plant in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, some fake fucking plant. You fucking mows in your tasteful thing every second you get. It's a lot tasteful. <laughs> I don't know about that. I said tastefully. You placed fucking... I know, and then after that, you went like this to Shelby. I'll make out with you later. <laughs> I did not say that. I heard it. Yeah, I did say <laughs> you got You people are spraying lies. I acted like I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, come on. But you heard it. <laughs> Just ignore it. Classic shell. Classic shell. Oh, Mike can keep up with classic shell. Classic and the Mike. Mike is going to come in here a little later on and reopen Mike. a case. Mike. <laughs> Why don't you do this every time he starts to talk? Just go like this. Mike check. <laughs> Mike check. Give him a mic check on. Mike on the mic. Sign a mic check. <laughs> Bring it, How Mike. How about if you guys go with Mike in the check and you just talk with the check <laughs> and you get access? Do it. So, are you gonna, guys going to be 100% sports? Who knows what's going to come out of this program? It's, well, I would want to know if yeah, I was yeah. doing it. Yeah, you'd have to have a plan. <laughs> you know, this is another thing. When you talk to program directors, you don't want to say, we have no idea what we're going to be doing. I think it's going to be real slash burn. Give me a hodgepodge of topics. Just license-threatening material that we do. <laughs> I just want to be led into the studio with like a bag over my head and a gun pointed at me, and we'll be just no let good. loose. That's not. That comes off badly. No good. Thanks. Um, I thought you'd have the ramen bun bur- burger for us. Mm. The new taste sensation. Yeah, that's making people forget about the cronut. They're now lining up for the ramen bun burger. Yeah, they have. You, it's it's a burger, no cheese, but the buns are like fried ramen, fried no ramen cheese. noodles. No cheese. It's it, it's a good idea. I feel like it's a good idea. I love Why is ramen. it a good idea? But do you ever cook? First of all, Molly is the only one who should still be eating ramen. Because she's <laughs> in college. I do eat ramen, yes. And yeah. she wants to save her money for drinks later. Beef is my favorite flavor. 
It is. I, like I know that from the ice cream that you were you bought the other day. <laughs> I give it a shot. Hicks, I got an email about uh, you oh, okay. uh, the other day. Yeah. And this is well, M- Molly. I'm going to have her read it uh, to us all. But um, somebody went back and checked on you Friday. So read this off, Ma. Hi, Ron. I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed Pepper's birthday show. Fez did an awesome job, and it sounded like a great time. Well, except for the birthday boy. I was surprised at how angry he sounded. So I decided to go back and listen and count how many times he used the F word in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Why Why don't you take a guess right now? Okay, all right. Since I, I blacked out for the latter part of the show, and I do remember being angry at the beginning, I'll say I dropped 47 F-bombs. Okay. Without counting the 13 times he said it in the 30 years of Pepper Bits, he said the F-word 608 times. Bullshit. In the three-hour and 30-minute show, which is 210 minutes, that works out to 2.9 FPM. What fucks the, per minute. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I guess I'm the Scarface of radio. Uh, yes. <laughs> and by the way, in between all of the fucks and wheezing, he coughed 46 times. <laughs> Who's listening this fucking closely? This is from Craig in Dutch. County. Oh, great thanks. job, Craig. Yeah, that was thanks, awesome. Craig. Well done. Uh, six now, wait, wait, six hundred times. Six hundred and eight. Now, by the way, you did have the mic. You were involved in every conversation oh, all good. day. All right, good. So it is not hard to imagine you doing two fucks per minute. <sighs> I had no clue. I'm dropping that many in three and three and you, half you, hours. You, three, you're four. a potty mouth of extreme <laughs> proportion. This is really bad. Craig kind of made me feel bad about myself. I thought well, you're a bad person. I thought 47 was, was like, uh, like I'm, I'm right in the pocket. Times 15. <laughs> Chris, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? None of you got um, business, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. I knew it, but uh, <laughs> threw me off. Uh, uh, talking about uh, wedding songs, uh, my last wedding song was Yellow. Living thing, blew the dance floor up. I highly recommend it. Well, it's a fine song. I would think, though, if I was going to do ELO, I would think Mr. Blue Sky. I also had that in the middle of the set. But, How did it do? Oh, terrible. Everyone wow. was like, fuck off. And All right, so Living Thing was, <laughs> you know, it also came at the end where you know you got that one last time to get out of the dance floor. <laughs> This might be the greatest song in the history of the planet Earth. It's a good one. How come we never get Jeff Lynn in here, Johnny? What's up? How come we never get Jeff Lynn to stop by? I don't know. Do you notice that of all the great guests we get, I think we get rock stars the least? I think we get a lot of movie stars, TV, big TV time. stars, a lot of great writers. Yeah, you've got some cool ones though. When Ronnie Wood was in, that was fucking awesome. Hmm, that was cool. <laughs> Remember when he asked me to join the Stones? No. How could you turn that down? Um, because I want to put together the faces instead. Mm. I thought it was a better party bit. It's true. You gotta work on the low. Just one guy. Sounds like an every movie trailer. Should be. Much. But that everything is and, going um, great. What's the Peter Gabriel song? 
Oh, shit. Uh, something Hill. Salisbury, Salisbury Hill. Every fucking yeah. trailer. All right, give us a little bit of that, and we'll try to do a movie trailer on the fly. Okay. Where's the pretty face? Do you think glasses fix? You're doing a lot <laughs> of fucking... Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of squinting going on, yeah, and it's spelled Salisbury. <laughs> Their first day at SiriusXM, <laughs> Classic Shelb and Molly did not get along. I hate you, you suck. That's good. That's so cute. <laughs> Until an angel dropped down from heaven. Cuck sure that he'd get the two of them together. You two better work your asses off. I'm never going to find love. It's right in front of I'm you. definitely going to find love. Sometimes love is right underneath your balls. <laughs> in heaven on the airwaves. Heaven on the airwaves. Coming this summer. I don't know why it works so well for movie trailers. It's like it's things are changing. It's a transitional <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah, you're right. Things are changing. Happy, upbeat tune. But also but a little sad. Bittersweet. A little mel melancholy. Uh, the big news in New York City, which would not be too shocking to the rest of America, is that they want us to stop the stop and frisk. It's been deemed unconstitutional by a uh, judge. Because it went before a judge and the judge said, this is unconstitutional. And this has, by the way, been going on since the Giuliani years. Yeah, that's where it started. And that's, uh, it's, I think, went up like 300% in the last, between 2003 and 2011 was, I think, the... So as Bloomberg was in, it's just it skyrocketed, and now that's unconstitutional. The uh, some people in New York are screaming that we're going to turn into Chicago and Detroit. By some people in New York, you mean the New York Post today, because <laughs> yeah. he, they actually had the thing. Well, the New York Daily News went from uh, their thing is uh, murder. She wrote. Oh. Um. And New York Post just went with cuffed. Yeah. I guess cops can't just do their jobs anymore because they can't stop and frisk. They can't stop people based on the fact that they're... Uh, well, it makes people nervous to see black people in a black neighborhood. And somebody's got to get over there and stop and frisk their ass. And Hispanic. Uh, don't you think that these cops <coughs> will do it anyway? Uh, well, so this is what they're going to do. They're going to have like um, a monitor in, in the, at the precincts. To to uh, monitor who they're stopping frisking, and they're going to be giving in one borough in every uh, one district in every borough. They're going to make every cop wear a camera on them, so they're going to attempt to be on top of these guys so they're not doing it. Some I'm sure still will who aren't going to have cameras on them, but the guys with cameras on, I'm going to guess they've already done it in other cities where they put cameras on every cop, and they said the, the stop and frisk stuff. Slows the hell down, but it also helps the cops because then you can see that sometimes they have to defend themselves, or you can see how obnoxious. I mean, we will be at the point anyway where everyone's gonna have a fucking GoPro <laughs> fucking camera on them. Yeah, everyone's gonna have strapped their fucking uh, lapel. It's it, but it, just the, the rage that's come out is just. I've been stopped, fucking stopped and frisked. 
It's it's ridiculous. I was just standing on a fucking street corner on 49th and 8th here in the city, and I fucking a guy an SUV rolls up, and a guy you know, and stereotypically and just decked out in Yankees gear, stopped to frisk me. All right, well, let me be the devil's advocate for okay. a second, okay? I'm the devil, okay? I'm the devil. No, but beyond that, um, they have shown that the crime <coughs> has gone way down, and you're taking a lot of dangerous people off the street. We might be getting dangerous people, but in the meantime, a lot of just innocent kid people, I mean, get mostly young, younger dudes, are just being literally harassed. But then, then allowed to go. Well, I, I don't want to live in a in a city where I'm fucking afraid of the police, where I have, to, and other people shouldn't either, where they have to fucking if they see a cop, are well, they going to shake me down? Do you see a toll booth as being stopped and harassed? Because no. I kind of do, but it keeps the fucking bridges going and the tunnel's going but the fact of the matter mm -hmm. is if you don't have a weapon on you right yeah what's the big deal i don't want a cop touch on my person patting me down i have i have you I go to the tsa that way you're not freaking the fuck out I, i'm fucking pissed about that too it's ridiculous <laughs> they put me through a fucking x-ray scanner just so i could go on a fucking airplane airplane it's it's all fucking ridiculous. So you'd go back to the old way of everyone can just walk on a plane. Well, I guess the bell detector, right? That was that was the old way. It Why was. isn't that? Why isn't that offending you? What if you just stop people in the street and had them walk through a metal detector? Well, uh, my point is, and I'm obviously playing the other side, yeah. is that you are saving lives, you're saving businesses, and you're making this. Look, I'll tell you now, people don't get it. Tourists come into this town, into this neighborhood. And act like they're in Disney World. That's how safe they've made New York. And I can tell you, first of all, it's not even that safe now <laughs> for them to be asking that way. But you never would have been able to do this free stop and, and, and frisk. Do they know for sure that like the stop and frisk is the reason why crime yeah. is down? Yeah, they have. The, I mean, the police uh, and uh, Bloomberg staff are putting the stuff up that this is exactly the way. And it's not like they're planting guns on people. They're making sure... You know where I'd like to see the stop and frisk right now? The fucking south side of Chicago. Do you do you it's want bad. this place to fucking open up like that? No, not at all. I don't want fucking the crime rampant in the streets so it's not safe to walk down it. Then, then how do you expect this to happen? That people are just going to say it themselves? I mean, you... you I would have more of a problem with the stop and frisk if you were telling me, hey, they're planting guns on people and these cops are being corrupt. No one is even accusing them of that. They're accusing them of doing the same kind of thing that the TSA is doing, which is uh, annoy people. Um, here's Danny in New York. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey. I, I work in the city as a detective, and... Uh, you guys got to understand, um, when you're coming across any kind of minority or white guy or hipster or Chinese guy, it does not matter what it is, if they're in the area or they're doing something wrong, you have every right to talk to them. Now, their actions will indicate what you're going to do after that, but there's no reason that someone should be watching on top of what other guys are doing. That's what we have internal affairs for. All right, so as of what, what is going to change right now, Danny? I guarantee there's going to be less enforcement by police officers. Why Why would these guys put themselves out there open to even more lawsuits than what we already receive? 
why would we put ourselves out there even more? No. The guys who carry the guns in the street mostly are kids. It doesn't matter, you know, their race or background. Right. It's just, at the end of the day, the kids are more violent than the older guys, I think, for a fact. And I'm sure the numbers reflect that. <clears throat> but you're going to see that there's guys out there that aren't going to stop those group of kids that are hanging out that are clearly flagging gang colors all over the place because they don't want to add another lawsuit to their life. And they don't want to get headaches from the higher-ups and the other guys. And, you know, this definitely ties the hands of police officers. And everybody can have their own opinion. But, yes, I was stopped and I was crisp and I didn't do shit and I wasn't wrong and all that right. stuff. But if you get one out of 20, I'll even say 20, one out of 20 guys that have a gun or a knife or anything kind of dangerous weapon on them, wouldn't that be doing, you know, a job for the city? Well, I mean, if they have so if they, all right, a gun... Obviously, if it's an unregistered gun, yes. They should but how caught. else are you going to find it? How do you? He's not going to wave it in front of me. He's gun. not going to hold it out. It means I have to turn the corner, and the guy's standing there either firing it at somebody, which it means it's already too late. He's already using it, or he has to be passing it in midair to another guy with his hands up in the midair. Then why? Then why, then why don't we just fucking turn the entire goddamn city into TSA and everyone walks through scanners all day long, so that because that's not realistic. Yeah, I know it's not realistic, but since so then we just stop random people constantly? It's not You're random. doing police work. You're going into, uh, first of all, uh, on this street, we don't normally see people get stopped in first. Where it tends to be stopped in first is taking place in, in heavy crime areas, keeping those areas safer. It, so, exactly. I mean, I, I agree 100% with that. You know, and I understand people who don't, commit crimes that they get stopped and they get angry and upset, but get past it. That's I, how crime I, is deterred. I will you, want tell, I will, you want to be a proactive or a reactive society? He, he, we obviously he, want to be proactive. Here's what's kind of interesting. Hicks acts like this is the worst thing he's ever heard of. You basically are in a stop and frisk building. Yeah. Anyone who comes in here has to fucking go through a metal detector, has to say where they are, post themselves. You're not freaking out about your rights here. Why is this um, building safer than fucking Spanish Harlem? Because we have our own security who will make it uh, safer that we're paying for. Why can't the people in Spanish Harlem have the same rights? I think because the people... Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 I... I think this kind of makes you think of Boston after the marathon bombings and how cops were just sweeping through people's houses and we wanted the results of the bombers getting kidnapped, but if it's, you know, abusing our rights, are we really okay with it? Well, well are you really okay with the fact that you need... Um, to come into this place. You basically have a checkpoint at this building. Yeah. And you're saying you're only okay with it. Uh, Hicks is obviously shut down as soon as any logic comes in. He went into anger and shutting himself down. But you're acting like these things don't exist already. And the stop and frisk, believe it or not, helps the poor neighborhoods more than it helps the wealthier neighborhoods. I think we just don't like it at random times. Like, we know we're going to go to this place and have to go through this. We're kind of setting ourselves up for it. But then, just when you're walking down the street, we just want to be left to our own are you Are you ever stopped in first? Never. You know why? You have zero danger about yeah. you right now. <laughs> Negative, I mean, if Snarky 
was a fucking problem, then yeah. Um, here's uh, Ray. Ray, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, this is not Ray, this is Corey. Oh, okay. I'm going to call you Ray, though. All right, well, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I don't think there... I do think there'd be a lot more outrage to stop and frisk if it was happening to, you know, Ron, Rand Paul types or middle-aged white people, but it's happening to inner-city black kids, so you're not getting that big outrage. And also, comparing New York to Chicago, Detroit, I mean, a little bit apples and oranges because they had a lot more manufacturing than left. That doesn't make sense. Well, what you're talking about doesn't make the slightest bit of sense. Of course, you could you can compare New York City with Chicago and Detroit. Especially Detroit. Detroit got like completely, completely gone as an industry. I mean, uh, New York City has a lot more revenues income, right? more revenues. Not industry. in the areas that we're talking about. There's plenty of poor neighborhoods. Uh, there's there's plenty of jobs in Chicago, but not for those kids on the south side you know you guys are looking at uh, at the rights and the protection of 17 year old boys there you're not thinking about 60 year old women there are 60 year old women in, in a lot of urban areas who are afraid to go out look we're in a city now that we're not sitting around worried if Molly's going to make it home when she leaves here. If this was 1978, 1983, 1991, we'd be like, uh, Molly, what's your plan on getting back to Tribeca? <laughs> the last thing I want you to do is leave here after dark. Uh, it's, it used to happen. I remember I used to come into New York two blocks from here make a right in the fucking uh, Hell's Kitchen off of Broadway, stop, start to walk backwards <laughs> to get back to fucking Broadway because I went, I just walked into a fucking dangerous area. Now that uh, it's completely safe. Matter of fact, you don't even see a lot of cops on the street in the Upper West Side, uh, Upper East Side. I was down in the Lower East Side the other day. Not a lot of cops. I was shopping the other day in Alphabet City. Nobody went in the fucking Alphabet City just 20 years ago. It's not a long time. It's not a long fucking time at all. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Dennis, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ron, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, listen, um, what happens if you're walking around? You're, you're in your element. You're not outside, you know, where you normally, where you normally go. You get frisked. You don't have a gun. But you have pot on you. I'm a big pot smoker. I've been smoking for 40 years. That's you know? a downside of it. That's a downside of it, that they that the uh, police will bust people for weed and stuff like that. That does happen. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Um, here is uh, Greg. Greg, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really, you just can't uh, pick and choose who the uh, Constitution applies to. I mean, that's, that's really the problem here. I mean, it, it's their right. To, there's a reason the cops need warrants to search you and, and, you know, search your property. You know, so where's the line? First of all, you're not even making any sense because that that's not what we're talking about. And, of course, let me tell you something. There are people that police Wall Street looking into people's finances, and you're not going to do that in poorer areas. You're still going to do detective work. You're telling me now, let's suppose that there was a, uh, uh, a warrant out that there was a rapist, and he was six foot two, 
and black that you would think it would make sense to stop Molly or Shelby on that same thing. Just in the same re- reason, if there was a criminal out there who was five foot, I'm going to say three Shelby, 95 pounds, <laughs> then it would make sense to stop Hispanic kids. That'd be fucking lunacy. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, by the way, I'm certainly, and now I'm going to have to go back the other way since Hicks shut down, but I'm certainly not surprised that the judge um, ruled in the way she could because constitutionally I don't see how this thing was going to pass. Common sense. Uh, believe me, I want something very similar to, to go in and, and help those people in the south side of Chicago right now. Speaking of which, here's our good friend Janice. Hi, Ronnie. Um, first, with the music, it's got to be Tidal Ways. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I had a question for the advice show. Oh, good. Hold on. We'll keep this going. The advice show. <laughs> advice show. <laughs> <laughs> My husband's best friend, his kidneys started to fail, and his, excuse me, cunt wife split. Okay. You know, it's in sickness and health. And that, right. You know, and... Uh, I always said sickness or health for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we went out to breakfast, and he asked me to move in with him. So, he, so you know, and it's totally platonic and everything, sure. but... <laughs> it always starts that way. Oh, That's how I am with women, too. Oh, God. Um, no, you sound like you don't want to do it. Don't do it. I I would trust your gut, Janice. Yeah, and just say sorry. Yeah, it's not your job to sit around and help him during his sickness and health. He's got family. Yeah, okay. It's that simple. And I, and I want to be know a mean it. person. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, you, you, I'm, I'm going to say this. I can tell that you're so nice that people are going to ask you stuff, because that's what I do. I'll ask nice people for help <laughs> all the time, because they know they don't know how to say no. They'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> if he doesn't like it, I'll come over and punch his kidneys. <laughs> I feel like I do very well in a fight against this guy. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye, sweetie. Take care. Who doesn't love Janice in Chicago? She's the sweetest. Did that DeVito ever go up? I I was watching this movie um, in high school. I think it was Freakonomics, but I'm not 100% sure. Freakonomics, yeah. Um, When they were talking about how people assume the correlation between, like, stopping and frisking and, like, cutting down on petty crime and then, like, the eventual decline in like bigger crime like murder and stuff like that and the movie suggested that um that those two are actually not related and that maybe the reason that um and this is like this is i don't necessarily agree with this i'm just presenting this point of view that um the the decline in like in like larger crimes was because it was the right timing, like, 20 years before when abortion became, like, I guess, acceptable or legal or whichever one it was, so that there were, like, fewer kids coming from, like, broken homes and coming from, like, um, extreme poverty where they felt like they needed to steal and, and that, like, the timing just aligned correctly so that there weren't, like, as many kids committing crimes. Um, I saw that movie as well. And we had somebody in from that movie. 
it was one of the few things that I thought was enlightened. There's a lot of that Freakonomics that I don't think that they do enough research into. But if you're saying that what we need to do is go back in time and abort more of these criminals. <laughs> it's a time I mean, I'm all for it. I worry about the expense. Uh, but, yeah, the, uh, the point is this. Are you going to be bringing children into a place where the odds are against them doing very well for themselves? Yeah, and I'm just saying that I, I'm not really sure where I stand on the stop and frisk thing because I've never been stop and fr- stopped and or frisked. Right. So I feel like I can't really like comment that that well. But as far as like this problem of crime, I feel like is sort of multifaceted and so maybe it requires like a more multifaceted solution. But see here here's here was my point of this. Most of the stopping and frisking is not taking place where uh it even benefits rich white people because this is being said hey rich white people aren't getting stopped and frisked as much as poor black people i would agree with that a hundred percent but it tends to benefit the poor blacker neighborhood the last thing you want if you live in a poor neighborhood is gang rule and uh we don't have a big gang thing in new york city which is shocking compared with other cities, half and sometimes even smaller. There's some real country areas that have a bigger gang problem. I mean, really rural areas that have a bigger gang problem in New York City. One of the reasons is New York City cops wouldn't put up with it a long fucking time ago. They're saying, no, we don't see this as being some kind of ruling uh, class. Um, if you lived in a poor neighborhood, you would want more police. I think that a lot there. of people are hearing about stop and frisk and they're automatically thinking about police abusing this power to like planting stuff or, you know, maybe roughing somebody up when they didn't deserve it. If yeah. that were the case, then those things should be, uh, presented. You yeah. know what I mean? If we have a, a case of police abuse physically abusing people then put it out there and I would all be against that happening because I think the police are in I think they should be watched the most because we're giving them the guns and we're giving them the power Um, I think you'd be safer living here than in South Chicago and there's no reason for that because they've got more room there they got a lot of yards in that fucking neighborhood, and they're still shooting. You know, because you, you start to hear, well, you push people together. Go to Compton. Fucking Compton has the same exact yard space as Pinellas County, Florida. I don't understand why they were ever shooting each other. Um, yeah, more above ground pulls than I'm comfortable with. You're nodding out again today. No, I You're just my asleep. eyes are really. It's just like the fan keeps blowing on my eyes, and I. It's, yeah, and and making you sleep. It's, no, I'm like I. My eyes keep like drying. I have to put eye drops in like every morning because I like, wake up all red. You know what? You can't lie. Your drying eyes. I'm, I'm serious. It's freezing <laughs> in here. My eyes are keep. You're really that cold. I sit there every day. I'm fine. The fan's like blowing right on me. Yeah, it blows right on me too. This fan blows. <laughs> Honestly. When you sit oh, over there. Because yeah. we'll sit over here and we're fucking hot. And you guys are freezing. 
it's really cold, but my eyes are not like watering like shelves. I think he's just getting emotional. Nah. What is it, Shelby? I was on the other idea. I said, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. You could have been like Hicks and just heard one bit of logic and shut down completely. I, I, that hit me pretty hard. Um, didn't think of all the bad neighborhoods that benefit. Um, here's Joe in Jersey City. You're on the Manifest Show. What's up, Ronnie? Yeah. Big ass card holder 1332. All right, brother. Hoo-ah! Anyway, so I used to date a girl who lived at Uptown uh, around 160th Street, and over the course of six months, I got stopped and frisked three times. I am a white guy, if you couldn't hear that through the uh, phone there. So basically, um, they thought that you were coming into town to buy dope instead of meet a girl. Mo- yeah, most likely. Uh, you know, two of the times they kind of just, you know, asked me where I was going. They stopped me. At one of the two times they actually pat me down. The first time uh, they, they just asked me what I was doing in the neighborhood. And, and, you know, but the third time I got stopped, they kind of held me for, I'd say, about 30 minutes and really kind of inconvenienced me. Uh, and, and that's where I think the, the problem lies is that, you know, you could just be randomly walking around your neighborhood and and get inconvenienced. You know, that's like the difference between walking into the building you work in where you know you're going through. I think it's an inconvenience to come into this building. As a matter of fact, if I forget my tag, I fucking feel like going home rather than go. <laughs> I, I despise going through that thing down there. Security line. Yeah. And I despise fucking taking out my license and showing it to these fucking people. Right, but you're aware that it's going to happen on a daily, whereas, you know, it's kind of like the unlucky lottery if you're walking around your neighborhood, you know, and they just, you know, grab you and say, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? What do you have in your pockets? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. shitty walking around being a suspect. You are making the points that Chris Stanley should have made if he hadn't completely <laughs> shut down and given up completely. Uh, I appreciate it, Joe. Good points. No problem. Thanks, guys. Um... It's Here's, uh, well, let's go to a longtime New Yorker, Mr. Blowhard. Look, this is the situation. It's an election year. Certain candidates for mayor are exploiting this issue to try to manipulate the, the voters. They're trying to get this rage going. They're trying to get people pissed off. They're trying to create this issue where it's been effective. The police in this city are shit on. If they do their job or if they don't do their job, they can't win. The bottom line is this. If people are out different times of night, especially young children, like recently we had a 14-year-old kid last this past weekend out with a gun, cops shot him. There was an uproar. Oh, they're killing our children. They're killing our children. Here's a kid, 3 in the morning. He's already had a previous rap. Teenager, 13 or 14. They had him on videotape with the gun. Yeah, there wasn't the uproar that you brought up because the kid had shot right before that. I mean, right. there but wasn't. The bottom line, I, I still believe, Ronnie, that, you know, the police are just trying to go into these high crime areas. And I'm not talking about Sutton Place and I'm not talking about Soho and these, you yeah, know, those places my places. That, nice areas, Upper East Side. Yeah. They're going into these areas that are war zones. 
like Chicago, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do their job. And any time they do their job, any time they, 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 they just pull somebody over, it, it, you know... So what you're really, saying, if you want an omelet, you've got to crack a couple eggs, is what you're saying. Exactly, right Frank Rizzo style. But no, you Frank have to... Rizzo. But here's the funny thing. Frank Rizzo barely had... I don't even think he had control back in those days, and he was a mad dog. Yeah, th- yeah he has a reputation, that's true. And, uh, but in this city, I don't agree with Bloomberg much, but I do respect the fact... You realize that, that you just called him Jewberg? <laughs> Among other that. things, if that's the worst of it. But this guy, I mean, this plan, it's going to get reversed. I, I think that it's, it's the politics of it stinks because of these mayoral candidates who are just trying well, this, to... This, this, this was <clears throat> not about politics. This was, you know, the politicians will agree with you, but if this is unconstitutional blowhard and this went to court how do you get you can't get around it well, this was not a political move or dudes brought a lawsuit against what about the, city? the alcohol checkpoints on you know you try driving in certain parts of this city oh, i agree i agree with with you on that but they're not they being found unconstitutional but this was by a judge i mean all you could do is take it back into the courts yeah and judges make bad decisions all the time and things get reversed Right. I mean, if that happens, that happens, then you keep going with it. But, but this was not a political cities. decision. There are people in the inner cities who can't even leave their homes because the crime outside that door, the dealers are standing there, the, the stray gunshots, you know, they're, they're prisoners in their own home. And the cops, like I said, it, it, there's no, an anti-police anti sentiment. Yeah, we're not city. on different sides of that, but I don't think that this was a political thing. You went in, and if something is unconstitutional, the judge has to find it that way. doesn't mean... That would mean more that you would need to go and change the Constitution <laughs> more than claim, hey, even though this is unconstitutional... It's good. I mean, Chris Stanley should have been making all these points. This is a pretty good point. Something just fucking happened here today. <laughs> that detective it, really put me on my ass. But I, should, but I know these things. I mean, the, even in New York, there aren't that many bad neighborhoods left, to be completely honest. Is it honest. Fez's chair? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Fez's chair. So let's say this thing does, does stick, just for argument's sake. How long... Or to what extent do you guys think this is going to make like a, a difference? And we're also, weeks away. We're weeks away. Pandemonium. Yeah. <laughs> Before it looks like rape gangs. The sports almanac ended up in the wrong hands. <laughs> Where did this, all these casinos come from in fucking Midtown? Where did I just drop the fucking cigar? It's driving me crazy now. All right, let's see the Danny DeVito that we've been waiting an hour for. <laughs> Maybe, I don't forget it. Forget it, it's Chinatown. Hey, where did these cigars come in from, Chris? Oh, these were from GimmickTees.com. Oh, yeah, we just brought them up the other day, I remember. And they sent me some t-shirts. Like funny t-shirts? Yeah. What are some of the funny gimmick t-shirts? Okay, here's here's one. It's like... uh, since 2019, Deckard Bail Bonds. Mm. Love Blade Runner. Sure. Then I got, oh, Solo for President. I may be a smuggler, but I'm not a thief. Like Han Solo, President of the Republic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then and then just simply... This ties in a lot with sci-fi. 
And they, no, well, this one, this one simply is Spider-Man giving the devil horns. Okay. That one's cool. Right. That's my book. favorite. I think I'm going to go with Decker. Yeah, Decker's the best one. That's actually pretty cool. You Blade Runner! You Blade Runner! Um, He's a fucking skin job, people. All right, what the hell is going on with this uh, Danny DeVito thing? What is he so happy about? <laughs> is he in the dugout? What is that? It's a, it's got a ball game going on here, Danny. <laughs> he just Working hopped over here. the fence. Yeah. Working here. Say what up? La La Land. Things are different here. You know that, right? This is the thing about Danny DeVito, and everyone knows that he's fucking partying. But wherever he goes, people feel happier. Yeah, because Danny DeVito. I was at a goddamn fish concert. Danny DeVito walks by with his son. I lost my shit. I was like, I can't believe Danny DeVito's here. And just walking in the crowd, not some like VIP section bullshit amongst everyone else at the fish show. Now, here's the other thing. Some people, they get bald headed, they feel fucking terrible those, themselves. He just kind of pulls his hair what's left <laughs> yeah. straight up and feels great. And you're like, his fucking hair looks great. <laughs> it's a good look. But it's the same look everyone else has. <laughs> and the fact that he don't give a shit. The same would be in that height. Like everybody else would be like, oh, I'm so short and stocky. I don't want any part of this. Where he's just the opposite. He's like, hey, I'm short and stocky. Let me be your best friend in the whole world. <laughs> I'm the man. Remember Who was he watching the game with? I can't tell. Remember Trollfoot when he was just taking a picture of his creepy foot? Raced off from there to score three in the sixth. And now they've added the Punto home run. Oh, I yes. see Danny's wearing the Punto jersey. That's why he got the hug. DeVito's the man. Nothing can stop him. What is that? <laughs> I think it's, his like, friend came over and was saying, like, hey, man, you can't go over to the dugout and just start chatting with him. They're in the middle of the game, but nobody cares. Um, He's also taking a picture. I, I'd be glad to see him if I was a fucking ball player. I'd, say, I'd be like, time out. i got to talk to Danny DeVito. <laughs> Just please come into the dugout, Danny. You belong here. It's crazy how many times like you'll be traveling along and there's a Danny DeVito movie on. It's not even good. And you're like, I'm fucking going to watch this. It's Danny DeVito. <laughs> He's kind of like America's grandpa. Drunk grandpa. <laughs> I Drunk horny. Grandpa. These are more like an Grandpa. uncle type. Yeah, he showed up. He remember, when he showed up drunk. Like what? I think it was the Today Show or some shit. The View. The View. Other people would have been like, "I'm going to rehab. I can't believe I showed up." <laughs> yeah. or, they, or, their, or their publicist or something would force them to be like, "All right, you have to make a statement about this." Here's the excuse that he gave: "Hey, I was out drinking all night yeah. with George Clooney, and then I went and did the show." <laughs> And yes, that's, that's what you should be trying to cover up, not use as an excuse. <laughs> Tell the truth? That's crazy. You just brought him up yesterday about the ludes. You guys got any ludes? <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, he got famous for playing, like, the mean guy on Taxi. He was a real dick. He was yeah, the boss. Yeah, he was, the, like, the worst guy that no one liked. And then the thing is, now out of all those people, he's the only one liked. No one wants to fucking hang out with those other assholes off a taxi. A lot of them are dead, too. And he's not just, like, going on, There's like... one dead. 
Isn't aren't two two of them dead? Who's the other one dead? Just tell me. He throws up like a cop walked in. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I want you to go back and figure out what knocked the wind out of him today. <laughs> Where did it happen? When did he hit the fez wall? That's always the um, best thing with uh, Fez. will be like, he'll be like, give this thing. Soup should stand alone. Nothing should be eaten with soup. What about crackers? Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 bring it back. Bring it back. Come on. I <laughs> fucked up so bad. No, you're doing great. I didn't think of crackers. <laughs> I fucked up so bad I forgot crackers. Yeah. I fucked up so bad I forgot crackers. Yeah, I didn't think about bad neighborhoods. I know the I feeling. I fucked up so bad I forgot crackers. I feel you. Fucking hate crackers. That's fucking racial. Also, I want to thank Dan from Decibel Wines. What are you talking about? We didn't get anything from him. Got, got a, three beautiful bottles of uh, delicious red wine. That's nice Pinot. This is too nice for you. <laughs> love it. I love red wine. Red, red wine. It's my shit. Oh, this is his New Zealand style wine, huh? Oh, yeah. He's a good man. It's fucking wasted on you, though. No, 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 no. I, li I like red wine. This is how stupid this is to give it to Hicks. Yeah. There's food, what food pairing should go on in the back? <laughs> yeah, all food. Anything. Doesn't nachos. matter. We'll have it with cereal. <laughs> Fucking cronuts. <laughs> yeah, nachos. The Subway sandwich. It's all good to me. There's this, um, I can't believe that this is out now. It's called Wine for Dummies. Just like on the books, if you look it up, you'll see it. But shitty Wine for Dummies is out. I don't need no book to tell me what tastes good. You have no taste left. Everything to you tastes like tobacco. <laughs> I know I don't like white wine. That's that's what I do know. How can you not like white wine? Just I, I don't know. Just what do you have do with fish? Wine. I'll have red wine. No. I, people say, yeah, that's like a fucking sin or whatever. It's bad. Not a sin. The <laughs> tastes don't go together. Do people say it's a sin? Yeah, no, I believe no some, yeah, Google that. Red wine, fish, sin. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just drink the red wine. Or beer. Not seeing it. Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck me. I don't think it brings it up in the Bible that this is a sin. You'll have to go to purgatory. I know red wine and fish do come up in the Bible. No, they don't. Thou shall not pair. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a drinker at all? Yeah, nice Harvey Wallbanger every now and again. Man, these are some nice um, cigars from the Gimmick Tea people. They're killing it. Gimmick Tea's Deckard Bell Bonds. You're going to be wearing those to work soon, huh? Yeah, I haven't done laundry in a while. That saves you a dollar a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deal, the discount stores, the dollar stores, if you will, sell cheap clothing. That's fine. I'm happy with it. In a pinch, if you need an outfit, you can get one for like 12 bucks. Did you just say outfit? Outfits. <laughs> Where are you wearing it? To the spring cotillion? You fucking weirdo. Oh, God. There's everybody's trying to be happy and nice to a kid with cancer. It's just so sad the way they want to bring kids with cancer to the football games all the time. You see that they... Uh, Tebow buses them in. 
Yeah, but they tried to do a thing where they took a little boy and acted like he scored a touchdown again like they did last year. Yeah. I, I hate when everything just turns into a meme instead of being real life. I feel like I'd be onto it. Like, these, these guys aren't even wearing pads. I know this. <laughs> I still would. I would just want to believe it. Most of these guys are going to get cut later. This season hasn't <laughs> even started. This guy's Juco. What's the story where a judge ordered a baby's name changed? Oh, man. I didn't even see this. Baby, his parents named him Messiah. That's nice. Yeah, no, it's like a great name. It's in Tennessee, and the judge was like, you know, no, you can't name that baby. That That's the Lord's name. That's reserved for the Lord. So you can't name a baby God? God Bennington would be against the law? <laughs> Apparently not in Tennessee. God Bennington is a great name. Yeah. These, no, these, this is the judge that we should have had for the, uh, the fucking shakedowns. Stop and frisk. <laughs> this yeah. is bullshit. You know why? Plenty of kids named Jesus. That's true. So this fucking, this guy's full of shit. And he's a racist. Also, what business does a judge have saying what people can name their kids? Most of the times, I'd fucking change a kid's name when I hear it. I'd say, no, we're just going to call him George. You look like a George. Uh, I'm going to give you two choices. Pete or Petey Joe. It's up to you. I go Petey Joe. Yeah. You should get PJ out of that. And Petey Joe sounds more fun. And you have Joe as a nickname. Everybody likes you. Everybody's always glad to see Mikey Joe Fagone come into a room. <laughs> Mikey Joe. And then he just named the baby Martin instead. I, mean, I wonder is. if he gave the parents like a choice like. <laughs> Okay, we'll think of another one. Well, you don't have to give us suggestions. <laughs> but see, there's certain names that you know the kids... Like Martin, you know he's not going to be a physicist. Marty, um, are you done with those fucking numbers yet? No, ain't going to happen. <laughs> I saw Ashton Kutcher on Charlie Rose last night. Because he's playing Steve Jobs in the movie. And he got confused and thought he was Steve Jobs while he was yeah. talking to Charlie Rose about what the machines of the future are going to be doing for us. Yeah, he was doing that in Colbert, too. No like. jokes, no fucking around, no punked. Punked was the best. What? I'm just waiting for someone to get shot on one of those shows. Justin Timberlake started crying. He did. Unpunked? Yeah. Yeah, they were like repossessing all this stuff, like he didn't pay, and they yeah, got his they mom said, involved. Yeah, they, they said it was the IRS. And he was like, no, that's my guitars. He was like the biggest pussy. And I go, his career's over. You can't cry in public. <laughs> and then he brought Sexy back. He did. And then he put his dick in a box. You can't get him bigger. Do you think that dick in a box is like a subtle like way of him coming out? No. Okay. Because a box would be a vagina. <laughs> now, if he said, put your dick in an asshole, then I'd be like, what's he trying to tell us? <laughs> Plus, the Hicks generation pretends they're gay all the time for fun. I never pretend I'm gay for you fun. You and your friends are always fucking acting like you're kissing. Hey, let's jerk each other off. It'd be hysterical. Sack right? Tap. Come on, take your fucking pants off. Uh, World uh, World War Z became the biggest Brad Pitt film of all time. Half a billion dollars now. Now, this came up on the iBang. You haven't seen it, and your friends have it. First, I read that. I'm like, who's writing this shit? And then I went, well, I haven't seen it, nor do I know one person who has. I saw it. 
Yeah, you I, saw it? I got the bootleg. You love it? Not good at all. I saw it. I thought it was, you know, okay. No, it's not even A okay. A lot of CGI, though. And bad-looking CGI. Uh, Holly- what was your smart-ass comment in it? Some guy was just pissed off that, like, oh, it doesn't... It's all different from the book that I read, like the graphic novel or whatever. Like, <laughs> everything has to be the same. Like, he's forced to go see a movie. So you got mad at him. Let me just read off some of the things that Shelby has written back to people and see if you're comfortable with it. Okay. Ex- all right. Oh, yeah. You're my intern. All right. I'll, I'll be, yeah, you should, I should be fucking monitoring this. Yeah, you should be. Uh, before we break here, too, I want you to grab the 42. We never went over that yesterday, uh, Shelbs. And uh, then I also want to bring Mike in, and he wants to reopen the case. Uh, but on the 42, uh, you're basically looking at 42 buildings uh, from movies. This is great. I love the uh, the Tenenbaum house up in Harlem. I did not know that that was Harlem, too. I thought that was Brooklyn. Yeah. I thought it was far off Brooklyn. Because there, there are houses that big out in like weird parts of Brooklyn, Ditmas Park or whatever. All right, you got Jackie Treehorn's house. Hell yeah. Uh, you got Quick Stop from Clerks, the Royal Tannenbaums, and the Pacific Heights house, which is pretty cool. All right, we're going to play uh, Property Envy, which is on right now, which is my new favorite TV show. Which one of these would you pick to live in? Tannenbaum house. Of the of the four or of all four? Yeah, just the top four. Um, we're going to go block by block there. Obviously not the grocery store, probably. I don't know, Quick Stop's pretty nice. That's going to make you money. I like that one. The, uh... I'm going to pick Jackie Treehorn's very strange L.A. vibe, Malibu vibe. This is a cool one. Uh, you have the Don Cesar Hotel. I've stayed there many times. Um, the Bellagio I've stayed at. Poltergeist House, I've never stayed there. <laughs> and the Back to the Future, which one of these would you live I have to. I have to live in Saint on Saint Pete Beach. Uh, give me the Don Cesar. You're gonna get bored fast, my friend. Really? Yeah, great place, but not a lot to do around it. Pasigro Beach is very close by, though. Uh, give me the Bellagio. Me too. Uh, you had Psycho, um, the Bottle Rocket House, which who doesn't <laughs> like that house? Maplethorpe's. Yeah, the Maplethorpe's house. Uh, the Sleepless in Seattle, which is kind of cool. And a single man, which is beautiful. I don't know. You ever see that movie, Single Man? I haven't seen it, no. It's worth watching for the house, but it's also one of those house that you don't even get to relax in because it's like glass, so you never get to like leave shit around. You could never leave your socks on the floor in this house. Oh, then I... Because you'd fuck up the whole house by doing it. <laughs> oh, uh, um, give me the Mablethorpe residence. That house was beautiful. Was that Bob Mablethorpe? It's Bob Mablethorpe. Yeah. Me too. I'm going to take that as well. Although I also like the living on the barge, sleepless in Seattle style. Uh, L.A. Confidential, the Goonie House, Braid Runner, and oh. the Godfather's House in Shaolin. Where would you live? I, I want to say Godfather House because of the movie, but I, the L.A. Confidential House is just too, it's too dope. That's looking. not even worth even talking about. It's over. Boom. That one. Uh, Katz's... Money Pit Shit House, Evil Dead House, and the Iron Man House, which, <laughs> here's what kills me. I thought that was CGI. I did not know that was a real house. I, yeah, that, that's, that's crazy. Someone fucking lives there? 
Yeah, give me that one in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, they must have um, like recreated it with CGI because they destroyed it in that last movie. Dude, I didn't see that. No! Yet. I know you saw. You interviewed the guy. <laughs> no! I called you but, bluff. <laughs> wait, that's the best four competition of all. You think? Yeah, it's so random. Why? You want to live in Katz's? I'll live in the Evil Dead cabin. <laughs> what? That's kind of spooky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, Alright. And Lethal Weapon Riggs' <laughs> uh, trailer. But it is right on the beach. Yeah, that's nice. The Ferris Bueller's house this is Cameron's house, actually. Uh, then the Bueller house itself. And then Miss, Mrs. Doubtfire, which is a nice one. I want to be on the beach. Give me the trailer. Uh, I got to have Cameron Fry's yeah, house. This house yeah. was sick. That was yeah. a pretty cool house. And it wasn't even in that area. It was, that was actually out in LA somewhere. Escape from Alcatraz. Halloween House, The Safari Inn, which is great, and The Catch a Thief, The Intercontinental. I'm staying for a weekly rate at The Safari Inn. Me too. And it's close to that fucking Hawaiian burger thing. What's that place called? Oh, oh it's... Uh, Where do they always get burgers? Big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna Burger. It's walking distance. Uh, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Uh, and then Batman House, Batman House, and The Haunting. Not <sighs> Brady Bunch House. Brady Bunch. Over these mansions that Batman lived in? They're too, like, they, I don't want to live, like, in a fortress. It looks like an old, it's, it's too old-timey. I don't know, I think it'd get kind of annoying, all that music playing every time you go down the stairs. Uh, the next one, God, none of these houses would I want to live in. Maybe the RoboCop's headquarters. Hell yeah. The Die Hard Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> uh, the Home Alone House, which people actually uh, go out to for Christmas every year. The Tribeca Firehouse that's in Molly's that Ghostbusters used. Mm. And the Being There House. Oh, I'm going I'm going to the Firehouse. I'm living in Tribeca. That's awesome. Molly, I know you wouldn't be mean to your own neighborhood. Yeah. Brooklyn House and the Fight House, that's not even close. Fight Club House. Yeah, I'm going over to Paper Street. The Crooklyn House is, I saw that it's for sale, $1.7 million. Now, in Crooklyn, they were all broke and poor living there. Well, anything that's a brownstone now is just going crazy. Any, any, every, there are parts of Brooklyn that there were wild dogs in 10 years ago, and now they're yeah, talking you about know bed You know what stopped it? What's that? Stop and frisk. I don't know. It totally. made that place so much better. That is a good idea, after all. I wonder what makes fucking Hicks' brain turn off. Was it the word stop or first? <laughs> it really just shut the fuck down. <laughs> cracker! Why did I think of Cracker? Uh, those houses are up. And by the way, if you want to watch the most fantastic show, it is Property Envy. With is, it, is it just New York? No, it's the whole country. Oh, awesome. They do it out of the Bravo Studios here in New York. And there's a gay guy. I call him gay Michael Ian Black. <laughs> I, then I called him the poor man's Michael Ian Black, and Liz Sets Fire wrote in, no, Michael Ian Black is poor. This guy's great. But he's just doing a straight act. mean to Michael Ian Black? What's your problem? Well, they, the people who love Bravo, they just love Bravo across the board. That's weird. You're weird. Yeah, I am. I'm not the biggest Bravo fan. 
This is the housewives on, on yeah. the show, right? Yeah. All House- the top chef, though. I'm done with top chef. I'm done with anything that people get voted off. Well, I don't know. I might go back to Project Runway. Yeah. Because I still don't understand how someone can make pants. I get how someone can make a dessert, so Top Chef doesn't amaze me. But to take cloth and all of a sudden you're wearing it as pants, that's stunning to me. <laughs> that's Magic. like a, that's the same as a rocket ship to me. I know that if like I was forced back into time, yeah. we'd never get beyond the, the kilt for men. That's I just so wouldn't be able to help you. Uh, there's LeBron James uh, buying great jerseys for his old high school. For nope. all the fall teams. You know what that sounds like to me? Somebody's going back to Cleveland. He's laying the groundwork? Yeah. He gets one more in Miami? Yeah. It feels maybe, like, all right, I'm too good for this shit. Why would you go back to Cleveland? To that's get, where he's from. To get the final love. Yeah, like, I know that's where he's from. I'm from... I, if I was from Cleveland, I would not want to go back to Cleveland. It's not a good place. Where would you live if you could play sports anywhere? Probably New York. Woo! They won't love you forever in New York like they'll love you forever in Cleveland. Maybe Look is- at fucking Manning. No one gives a shit about Manning. And he's given them two rings. What do you think if you would have given them two rings in Cleveland, two rings in Philadelphia? Why do you need the people's, like, why do you need everybody to love you? I don't because, you know, when I was a kid, I just didn't <laughs> get what I was looking for. So what you're saying is you'd like to be the forgotten quarterback? Sure, just rack up your titles and make your money and get out. I don't need a bunch of, like, blue-collar guys obsessed with oh, me in the Cleveland wow, of all places. Wow, you're a real piece of garbage, huh? You know, that's all those guys have when you were playing fucking quarterback for them? <laughs> and then you just shit on them? It you looks just- like somebody hasn't seen Invincible. Well, that one touchdown in, in fucking 1950 by Tommy McDonald was maybe Vince McPally's dad was able to go work in a factory for the next 30 years. Maybe the uniforms are like a consolation if he's not going back to Cleveland. Why doesn't he just buy these kids fucking computers? And college educations. Yeah, instead of great fucking uniforms. They do look good, I have to admit. Yeah, they look fucking like a pro team. So you would not want the accolades of the fans if you were a... No, I don't need it. Just rack up the titles and, you know, if as long as I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame or something like that, why would you? Why do you need the love of, like, your fans? I don't get it. It means that you've done a good job. Yeah, you can do a good job in Miami, too. It's a way better place. But the people are he just He grew terrible. up in Cleveland. His hometown dude. To do it for your neighbors and all the people that watched you grow up. You you just don't have connections to anything. I don't get the hometown. And, well, by the way, I lived in Miami. It's not all that fucking great. Very humid. <laughs> Extremely humid. And you're going to run into little lizards at odd places. That's weird. It's like rodents. That's like a rat. They'll have, they'll have fucking iguanas. Well, they still got rats. Oh, God. I don't need another fucking type of vermin invading the home here. What about a gecko? You want a lost gecko in your house? <laughs> don't. Well, you text him with it. You don't have time to, to talk to me. You're like, hold on. This is more important than me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm multitasking. Are you checking on Pips? In the yeah, he's in the elevator. The well, handsome Johnny's... Huh? They're both coming in? Who's both? Didn't you say Pips and his girlfriend? No. I'm saying that he was worried about him. Uh-oh, I see. What about handsome Johnny who came in here and did a handsome good, good job for us today? Did. 
I'm taking off. I'm going. Beat it, twist. You're yeah. the reason why. Seriously, wow, thank you, this is why Johnny gets so many women. Although you're in a real long-term relationship now, right? I'm dating someone now. Yeah, and her name is not Brazilian Julie. <laughs> no, it is not Brazilian Julie. <laughs> is she a white girl? <laughs> yes. Because he was going out with a Brazilian girl, and he goes, she's just so brown for me, I can't stand it. I don't not like the contrast the, when our no. skin touches, it weirds him out. <laughs> and he goes, what if I knocked her up? I need a lily white baby. Oh, God. Yeah, we've been in abortion town left and right. Because <laughs> I know he doesn't need condoms. I want to take you to abortion town. He'd just be slipping her plan B's left and right. I didn't even know. Were you? Are you pro-choice? I am Pro-choice, yes. How um, pro-choice are you? I'm so pro-choice that I could be an abortionist, and I feel like that sh if I didn't have to go to medical school, you know, <laughs> you'd be the scariest abortionist well, I would ever. Be very, be fine. <laughs> Let's get everyone? that baby out of you. Yeah, I'd be like, Miss, listen, this is the best thing for everyone. We're gonna fucking suck this baby All brain. Right, Jesus. All right. <laughs> You're not helping the pro-choice thing by saying stuff like that. Well, I'm glad that Pips finally decided to come in. Yeah. Uh, what about Fez? I haven't had any word. He still hasn't contacted me. Is that right? I'm dying. Inside. You and Fez don't like each other. <laughs> I have no problem. Fez threw me a wonderful, best birthday party ever. And you never got around to thanking him. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I thanked him amongst the 608 fucks I dropped. <laughs> you sure didn't say fuck you on accident instead of thank you? Maybe that's what's going on here. I got a break here, Hicks. Yeah, we, I can't go on a day like this. When we come back, Mike is going to reopen the case on Muhammad Ali. Oh, I believe to tell us that he likes Muhammad Ali even more than he thought he did. Would you consider yourself an Ali fan? Yeah. Ali fan? Yeah. Ali fan? Yes. Yeah, I think you can... Well, uh, here's what Mike is going to tell us. And by Mike, I mean Ba. We made a mistake. Hmm. He's not the man we think he is. What? Reopening the case. The champ. On, on Muhammad Ali when we get back. It's the Ron Fez show. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Tez Wally. Yeah. This is the, the Ron and Fez show. Oh, oh, oh. 
It's a great Johnny Thunders is uh, today's artist of the day. Salute to the TV show's soundtrack, Sopranos. Fine songs on them. Beautiful songs. Doesn't get much better than Johnny Thunders. Yeah. This is wonderful man's a great song. You know, song. subjective. No. How, who, who wouldn't like this? Shelby winced when he came on. Oh, she said, and I'm going to quote, yeah. this old shit uh, looks like I just walked into the over 30 club. Shelby doesn't like anything, so I don't know how I'm going to fucking make him happy. Oh. You are 30 for 30 is what they've been calling you. Oh, really? back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great TV series. There's a brand new uh, show debuting this Friday called Classic and Mike, I think is the name of it. Um, is it Mike M-I-C? Is that the... Spelling that we're doing it like microphone? No. I like it. <laughs> I like it. It will make a lot more sense. You're and classic could be like a Vlasic dill. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's go with that whole. Let's go Vlasic and the mic. <laughs> uh, what's the format going to be, Mike? We're going to do a little sports. We're going to probably talk about the Giants a fair amount. Some of the NFC East. Because that seems to be competitive. Mm -hmm. And mixing a little sports movies, what do people tend to get wrong? In sports movies. You mean they get the game itself wrong? No, we're going to work on the portrayal of coaches, maybe, possibly, the actual product you see on the field, you know, in the movie. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to give too much away. want to make sure you come I got to tell listen. you, I'm interested in this topic. It's never come up before. going to fucking take on. Is any given Sunday going to come up? It could. It's possible. Well, you know, there's nothing in sports done more than the boxing film. There has been an average of one boxing film a year. And if you watch the boxing film, they really should be called punching film. Because there's just this explosive hits that take place and guys, you know, falling into the stands but getting back in. Well, watch Rocky Four and the first round, there's more fucking power punches landed to the head. Probably more than in George Foreman's entire career. <laughs> It's it's awesome. It's it's great to watch. It's fun to watch. Uh, and you wanted to reopen the case. What's the new uh, sounder and music that we have for this? I got a little music. Yeah. Like Law and Order. It's like a case. Well, tell us about Muhammad Ali. So we all know Muhammad Ali's in the ring, probably the greatest fighter of all time. His in his prime, there was almost nobody better, and he was revolutionary in the sense that he really laid the foundation for the way some of the athletes today act. Mm -hmm. But what he did was totally over the line in some instances. For instance, Floyd Mayweather is one of the biggest smack talkers in sports today. You know, but he doesn't go totally racist on all of his opponents. Now, I get Ali's goal was to get in people's heads, but there is a way you can get in someone's head without totally destroying them. And that's what he wanted to do. He did not care about anybody else but himself. He was... He used his creativeness or his media savvy to destroy and demolish people 
outside of the ring in hopes that would help him inside of the ring. But there's a way to do that without being a racist. And he was a full-blown racist. That's not even well, debatable. It is, of course, debatable. You're coming at it from a, a 2013 angle. You did not, For you to sit here in 2013 and try to discuss racism to a guy that was raised in Louisville, Kentucky, when he couldn't even go into the same bathrooms uh, as white people, uh, it's a, that's racism. No, I don't think, I'm not un... I, I don't not understand where he comes from in the sense that he had to face racism on his own. But that does not give you the right to go out and call some of your opponents some of the things that he called them. And especially, here's the kicker, he was nicer to his white opponents than he was his black opponents. So I don't understand how... What would you need to understand? If you're angry at everyone, you should theoretically be angry at everyone. You shouldn't treat some opponents So you're you're telling me, and we'll, we'll, we'll play it this way, let's suppose it was the Jews in the ghetto... Don't you think that they have more anger towards Jews who worked with the Nazis than probably even the Nazis themselves? Or when you're in, uh, Hicks, I'll do it for you. When you're in jail. What? Don't you even hate the snitches more than the guards? Oh, no, the snitches are the worst thing possible. Yeah. So your case against Muhammad Ali, you're saying he was not a great man? He's definitely not a great man at all. I I don't think that's... Are you? I mean, I know some people would, but I don't I, think I, 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 here's the point that I don't think that, that, that you get, is that you're taking the way you see the world today, to even compare him to athletes today, into a different time and place. I don't see at all how you could do it. He called Joe Frazier a gorilla. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand... In your example, right, the snitches are worse right, than the guards themselves in some aspects. Or, to your example, the Jews that helped the Nazis would be worse than the Nazis themselves. But I don't understand how you can get across saying something like that to Joe Frazier. Because he wasn't a white guy helping, he wasn't a black guy helping the white establishment. He was liked by the white establishment, though. The, there, this was a certain time when there was considered, uh, by some people, good blacks and bad blacks. Frazier and Foreman were considered good blacks. They were not, and you know, you guys have never heard this term in your life, uppity. It was There was a phrase that was actually called uppity, where you would have black people that were um, acting too much like they had their own sensibility, and that's where, where Ali fell into it. Now, I see across this, you're saying that Ali was overly loved, it's not true that he was overly loved in his time. There were more people that wanted him to lose to Joe Frazier than beat Joe Frazier. There was more people that wanted him to uh, lose to George Foreman than uh, beat George Foreman. It's only now in hindsight that people act like they caught it correctly. And that's that's where I'm coming from, is that as great athletes get older, we try to cherry pick or, or look at rosy colored glasses of who they are. Everyone, when you say the word Muhammad Ali, you ask the four people or five people in the room earlier, how do they feel? Everyone said universally, I think he's great. I love him. Right? He stands for something. He stood up against the government. He yeah. he talked he talked the way we like athletes to talk in the sense that he was you know, loud and he self-promoted and he was interesting. But 
You can do all those things without calling someone Uncle Tom or without insulting someone's intelligence it's repeatedly. Not up, it's not up for you to decide who the Uncle Toms are. No, you're 100% right. But I mean, to sit back as a white guy and say, hey, that's wrong for this person to act like this. To me, particularly when you do it out of time or space. All right, let's take it back because he changed anything in you right now. Yeah, I kind of agree with Ba. You know, if you're going to knock somebody out, you could spare their feelings. <laughs> See, he's being sarcastic. That's fine. Um, in the case of also Joe Frazier, who else did Joe Frazier fight? I mean, he fought uh, Foreman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he fought... He, he fought uh, Give me another great Joe Frazier thing. Joe Frazier is only known for two fighters. Right, yeah. And the entire time, he was pretty much a boring guy and did not have the level. And Ali brought a certain wrestling thing to this. But I, I, I am sure of this that he got Joe Frazier better paydays than Joe Frazier ever could get uh, on his own, and it had a lot to do with that kind of stuff. In other words, what I'm saying is there's some wrestling talk. There's some work uh, before the uh, before the shoot. Hey, Mac, in Brooklyn, you're on the Run of show. Hey, Ron, tell him. Mom and Ali brought big money to fighting. When before Mom and Ali started fighting, they didn't get no big pay. The million dollar payday, Ali brought it there. And like you were saying, with George Foreman, the reason why he didn't like George Foreman, George Foreman was considered an uppity nigga. He used to kowtow to the white people. And when they went to fight in Africa, when George Foreman brought that German shepherd there, the black people there turned on George Foreman. And he couldn't understand it. But the reason why they did was because the white people used to use those German shepherds and sick them on the black people. So when they see George Foreman like that, he was on their side. So they, they was picking him with the white man. When you, uh, if you watch that tape, you see him chatting Ali. When Ali's out there running, the whole what is it? Ali, Bumba, something like Bumba, Ali, yeah. kill him, whatever yeah. that thing was. Yeah, Ronnie, you know, you know, Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there was even a thing in 1968 where you had um, the the black power thing going on with the runners and George Foreman went out after his fight with this tiny little American flag <laughs> waving it trying to say I want to get the commercial money I'm not with the black civil rights movement the balls that it took for Ali you have to remember he surrendered himself surrendered his title based on religious and civil rights issues, we don't even have anything close. No one turns down money these days. He surrendered his title because he didn't want to go to Vietnam. Yes! I understand that, but, let, but he... That's he, a fucking positive thing at that time. The, hey, listen, the, I don't disagree. Vietnam was obviously not... Did not work out well, obviously. You're, in, in hindsight, he was correct in doing so. But even if this, even if we would have killed those people... Oh, and and won that war, it still wouldn't have made it a moral thing. He did it on religious and civil rights issues. And to act like fucking Ali was a coward when he didn't run, he didn't pull a fucking Eric Snowden, he stayed and fought. Um, I think I still think it's uh, impressive. Here's Rich, you're on the run of Fish show. I don't think this kid knows a goddamn thing about Muhammad Ali. What do you know that I don't know? Well, 
the, the, fa- the couple things Ron pointed out, like the fact that he brought showmanship to the game. I mean, he changed the way that uh, fights were promoted from then. There was no bravado. These guys came in, they were practically anonymous. Just big, big, uh, uh, you know, without a brain. I mean, Joe Frazier just couldn't come back to him. He couldn't play the same sort of, you know, uh, publicity game that Muhammad Ali did. And that's, you know, that's, that's one major factor of why the guy was uh, not only hated, but beloved at the same time by huge numbers of people. He was, he was actually also willing to be hated, which was pretty uh, interesting from a marketing point of view. He was willing to be the bad guy. Um, but you could be the bad guy without being totally disrespectful. I, I don't know where... I know it's new in the zeitgeist of totally disrespectful, but there was no way that these guys didn't have this worked out a little bit there was uh there was no way to act like the fight game itself wasn't in, in, involved with it joe frazier did not see this coming at all i mean he's he's he said that a lot he's done interviews he he i had joe frazier on my show and i'm going to tell you he wasn't an overly bright guy in in terms of that he made more money off of uh Ali than anyone else, um, but I, I doubt very much he would have been remembered the way that he's even thought of t- today if it wasn't for Mom and Ali. Here's Rich. You're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie, you know something that's got to be brought up, too? I don't think uh, Mom and Ali wasn't just popular with the black civil rights movement, the blacks, also with the counterculture. And uh, the college kids, you know, fighting against going to Vietnam. So, you know, that sector of the white population, he was, you know, very extremely popular with. Well, yeah, uh, and those were the same people that were for civil rights, too. The white, uh, younger people that were for the civil rights movement, uh, like Muhammad Ali. And the fact that he uh, freaked people out a little bit. Uh, made him big with people who, by the way, wouldn't normally be boxing fans. You know, that was kind of a whole new uh, genre of fans. Uh, you can put your opinions up on the iBang as well in a box up there that uh, we put together. How would you like Muhammad Ali to be remembered? What are we missing out on here, Mike? I think Muhammad Ali obviously should be celebrated for how great of a boxer he is. I mean, tactically and physically, he's superior to almost any fighter ever, and possibly in the future could be ever, right? But he, there's no way you can get around the fact that he tormented, he was essentially a bully. He tormented people for absolutely no reason. He overtly said ridiculous things. And I know there's a certain extent of you have to play up the fight game, right? Like calling uh, George Foreman a mummy because he used the mummy style and he was slower than Ali, right? That's something that should be acceptable because he's not directly going after his mentality or his, his mindset or his mental capabilities. This is a guy so you're that, not allowed to call someone stupid? No, you can call someone stupid. That's fine. But there's a difference between calling someone stupid and a gorilla. Well, he's trying to get into his head like a lot. Like, there's that UFC fighter that I think it was Chael Sonnen. He was, like, insulting Silva's entire country. I mean, you're just trying to, like, fuck with them, get inside their head, just trying to make them screw up during the fight. No, yeah, I think that you're trying to do two things. Number one, you're trying to bring everybody else's attention to the game. And number two, you're trying to say to that other person, 
I own you in the ring. Um, this fight is already over before it 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 uh, came up. It seemed like you're hung up on the gorilla thing, yeah. as you see that as just being racist. So you're not allowed to call a large, thick guy a gorilla. It may be that this was not considered as racist in those days as it is now. People were still using the word colored back then. No, I understand that, but if it, I think it's a different connotation if Muhammad Ali called someone like Chris a gorilla, right? Oh, come on. No, 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 because you're, no, cause like, you're, you're, tall, you're taller. Listen, I'm taller, I'm bigger, so I get it, right? It's hairy. I, I'm not hairy at all. That's not what I'm getting at. But you know, there's a different racial connotation there. Um, that's now. Now you're saying that I don't know if it was meant to the um, in the same exact thing as at the time. Um, here's James Jersey. You're on the Manifest Show. Hey, buddies. Uh, I'm a 33, and I just think uh, Ali's not a good guy. In one of those HBO uh, documentaries, it shows him speaking at a Klan uh, rally to, for pro-segregation. And so right there, I mean, that's just not a good guy. Well, uh, here's the thing. Because you disagree with him politically does not mean that he wasn't a good guy. The civil rights movement went through some real growing pains. He came in with the black Muslims, mainly because of the way he was treated from, uh, from the South. Malcolm X was pro-separation for a long time. I talked to... Um, a friend of mine last night who said, if I was black, I would definitely be a separationist. And I'm like, you're white and you seem like a separationist <laughs> to me right now. People are constantly evolving back and forth. Ali was not a fucking senator. No, I understand he that. was an athlete. Um, but he had a social standing, a high social standing that, that few get to. But he was that that social standing was actually forced upon him. You, the fact is, before you would even get away, even close to judging Muhammad Ali, you would have to judge the white power structure for a hundred years leading up to that. The fact that you're turned off by the word gorilla is amazingly small. If he doesn't, what was happening in those times? If he doesn't talk. Do you think he gets to the social standing that he is now? No, of course he fucking had to battle back against that. But so what? Let me give you other people. Jim Brown. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, who in basketball. Um, Lou Alcindor changing his name was one of the biggest. These people were fucking hated at the time. Hated. And it was only years later that they were able to to come back. When he changed his name to Muhammad Ali, many people wouldn't call him that. They thought it was bullshit. They did mm. not believe his religion. They thought that his religion was bullshit. If anything, he's proved uh, that over um, over the years. Let's go over to um, Dan in Chicago. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. I uh, just wanted to say that when Ali was going to go into the Army, they weren't going to send him to Vietnam. He was going to be like when Elvis was in the Army. Yeah, he so was going to get the Joe, Joe Lewis thing where you run around and wave and raise money for people, and he wanted no part of it. That's almost even worse. Right. Yeah, he, he wanted no part of that. Just and he kept, the his, kept his fucking belt. 
They guaranteed him. They went to him and say, look, you're not going to have to go to Vietnam. And he goes, I'm against it. And I have no problem with him doing that. If that's how he feels, that's fine. I don't think he's a terrible person because he didn't go to Vietnam or didn't join the army. That's your personal choice. He had, to, he had to suffer the consequences for that. And he did, and he rebounded, that's fine. I just don't like the way he carried himself. I don't think that's the way someone who has the responsibilities socially that he did should do it. Now, I'm not of his beliefs. I, I, but, you, but you feel like fucking Michael Jordan did do it better. You're saying, here's Michael Jordan, who spent a lifetime selling expensive shoes to fucking ghetto kids. You're going to see him as a positive role model rather than a guy like Ali or Jim Brown who fought for those kids. Um, you talk about a guy who put himself above everyone. It's Michael Jordan, including standing on the fucking backs of the people who got him there. And what social significance did Michael Jordan bring to this country other than pure commercial gain for himself? Kids have gotten fucking killed. Stealing those fucking shoes from each other. It's amazing to me that if you line up on the side of your own fucking pocket, uh, people will line up with you. Uh, Andy, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. See, when they, they got put out of, uh, a documentary about that, that fight with uh, George Foreman and, and uh, Muhammad Ali, but he said an interesting thing about Muhammad Ali didn't really hate Joe Frazier. That's just, just a way to get to his head. He did the same thing he did. He did the same thing with Sonny Liston. Remember what he did with Liston? Yeah. Called him a bear. An ugly bear. Which is fine. Which is racist. No, wait. You don't equate black people with bears, but you equate black no, people I'm, I'm with gorillas. I'm saying I, don't, I, have not, I am not aware of a, racist, a racial slur being a bear. Now, if it is, that's just as wrong. But I'm not an expert on racial slurs. Yeah, but you know what? He, all, he did, all he tried to do was just get into the fighter's head to make him think about other things other than the fight. He did the same. All three fights, he did the same thing. Get into the head. I mean, he was showing up at, at Liston's house at nighttime, shooting at him. Come on now. This is also a guy that begged Joe Frazier for help, right? Financial help to help him get back his boxing license. So he, this is a guy who Joe Frazier went out of his way to help Muhammad Ali. Totally out of his way. He didn't have to do that. Joe Frazier could have beat every tomato can until he ran to George Foreman. But instead, he chose to help Muhammad Ali, and this is what he gets back. It and was good who- for business. He made more money with Muhammad Ali than he did anywhere else. And he had to do zero of the promotional work. That tormented him for the rest of his life. That's up to him to decide how he wants to deal with it. But how come Randy Savage didn't get tormented for the rest of his life or anybody who went up against Ric Flair? Because it's a fucking work. It's not fucking real. But that's not real compared to boxing. And people are getting, you're getting punched in the face in boxing. Dude, that, well, that's, you're saying that that doesn't hurt when you're getting punched in the face. It hurts what you said. I've been around the fucking radio wars my whole life. Are you saying the guys who attacked each other on the radio are somehow bad fucking people? No, because I listen. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily entirely true. This whole notion that oh, he loved Joe Frazier when he apologized to Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier didn't accept his apology until he wanted an apology to his face. I've already called him a gorilla again. That, so that, what does he gain from Apparently, that? Apparently, you're just getting this from the latest... Zy- who, who, no. Is there something you read or watched? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I watched the entire HBO documentary about their first fight. I watched... I read stuff on the internet, stories going back to the 60s on New York Times and Sports Illustrated. I Listen, I'm not proclaiming I'm a... 
um, Bert Sugar, you know, the, the, ESPN, the late yeah. ESPN boxing analyst. But that being said, he doesn't strike. Ali did not ever strike me as a guy that, you know, he's a, he's a, a role model type guy in the way you should carry yourself. If you want to talk about his accomplishments and you want to talk about how the adversity that he faced and how he overcame adversity and that, and that should be glorified, I'm with you. But when you get to the top of the mountain, you shouldn't carry the, yourself the way he did. And he openly chose to, and he didn't have to. Um, the fact that he means more to black people than he does to you or more to Muslim people than he does to you may just show that you come from a different place. I don't know if anyone in America ever heard the term Muslim before Muhammad Ali. Um, they certainly didn't know civil rights uh, until Muhammad Ali's reign. He was on the fucking ground floor of that stuff and never sold his own fucking people out for money. Never sold his own people out for money. Uh, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Um, just want to bring up the point that, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a professional athlete being a good person or not, you know, in case of Michael Jordan, you know, there's some serious speculation that his father was murdered due to his gambling habits. And it just seems very uh, striking to me that people look to these professional athletes you know, at the end of the day, they're strangers. Like, you don't know who they are. You don't, you know, spend any personal time with them. And to have, to have this, you know, high moral expectation of them, you deserve to be disappointed. So, But that could be said, the same true could be said for a religious leader, a political leader, a business leader. I mean, there are people who sit around and look up to Donald Trump in this country. There are people who sit around and look up to, I don't know, fucking the Strom Thurmonds. Sooner or later, you're going to be disappointed because you're just looking at human beings. Um, Here's Shane in Kentucky. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, fellas. How's it going? Uh, Listen, Mike. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, Muhammad Ali went back and apologized to Joe Frazier, and they actually had a friendship as they got older. Uh, so why does that Muhammad Ali calling Joe Frazier a gorilla have any impact on his legacy? His leg- legacy is so much bigger than that. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. But his, his boxing legacy is bigger than that. Right? His boxing, his fighting legacy should be unblemished for anything else, anything he did outside of the ring. Just like Michael Jordan's on-court legacy should not include whatever the caller before speculated. Right? They are. So what's the, your argument? Is that you, you're not ju- if you're not judging him as a an athlete, you're judging him as a person. Exactly. Am I right? Exactly. So I don't think. Ma- so give us a good person. A good person. I mean, like from jo- from anytime you want. Time? Like here is a great person that people should look up to. I think it's fair to say people could look up to a guy like Kevin Durant today. I mean. He's still young. There's a lot of time that he could make a mistake. There's, a, you could look up to a guy, maybe similar to like Shaquille O'Neal, who who's never gotten himself in some serious trouble. But I'm not one of these guys that say we should look up to athletes as role models. I'm but in the Charles Barkley camp. Would you, would you, uh, if you would say that, would you say that Charles Barkley said I would not be where I am without Muhammad Ali? Would Shaquille O'Neal say I I could not be where I am or Michael Jordan? Because I'm telling you, more than any other fucking guy, he was the breakthrough guy for black athletes and, in many ways, black performers. He was the guy who said, I'm going through the fucking front door, and I ain't fucking taking my hat off. 
I I think if you went around, and this would be an interesting thing, and interviewed those people and just said, what does Muhammad Ali mean to you? I bet you have the lowest view of Muhammad Ali than any of the people that you would be talking to. I, I honestly believe that I would be shocked to find a lot of people who agreed with you uh, that were black performers. Um, here is Eric. You're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Mike, uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done, buddy? I mean, it seems like you're looking for Jesus to step in the ring and put on some boxing gloves and knock somebody's head off. I mean, people are people. They make mistakes. And uh, I, I don't get why you're judging this guy, you know, so harshly. I've met him in person. I met his family. Wonderful dude. I don't get it. What's the deal? I mean... I don't, know if, I don't know if you can tell he's a wonderful dude because you meet him at, at a card show or because you have a slight interaction, interaction with him. I had dinner with his family. I, I've, heard, I've, I've heard stories from people where Muhammad Ali has turned around and helped uh, white people of a different religion of him after just meeting them. I'm not going to repeat these stories point sure. for point, but I've heard uh, that Ali has had one of the biggest hearts of anyone that people have ever met before. I've never also heard of Ali blowing people off. Um, Phil, you're on the Run and Fez show. How you doing, Ronnie B? Yeah. You know, well, I tend to, you know, I used to agree with Mike until I, you know, I thought it was sad. Al Frazier got his feelings hurt. But then, you know, you got to look at history. If Ali hadn't did what he did, he wouldn't be Ali. Nobody would be talking about him. And you can look at old interviews of Foreman, I mean, new interviews of Foreman talking about back in those days. And Foreman was pissed just like Frazier was. But he gets it now. He understands that Ali was a, was a master and an artist and that you're getting in the ring and you're, you're punching each other, man. Yeah. If you don't have to, if you don't take every little advantage, then you're just crazy. And, but That's you also Ali have that. Doing. But here's the thing, too. Ali brought the attention to almost every human being on the, on the planet. Kevin Durant doesn't have that. Right. Even Shaquille has never had that. Shaquille came in here and did our show, and it was like, oh, great, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. If Ali came by here, the it's all we talk about for the rest of our lives. And I'm not even fucking kidding about that. Ali was bigger than everybody. And he lived at a time when there was, you know, Joe Namath and the Beatles. And those guys were like, I'd love to meet Muhammad Ali. Um, it, here is Art in Pittsburgh. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, I just wanted to mention that, you know, you had to kind of live through that time and see that transformation of Cassius Clay in the Olympics through, you know, going into the late 60s, into the early 70s and his transformation. I mean, it, to, to see that and to be in that time, I think you have an entirely different perspective Here's the way I on, think what, that, on what he was. Here's what you would have to compare it to today. You ever see those women in the burkas? Can you imagine one of those women taking over and fucking freeing everyone else, <laughs> yes. you know, behind them? I mean, we don't even understand in this country the, the kind of suppression that took place before. I mean, Martin Luther King, like, it's a pretty well documented. He, he, like, cheated on his wife, like, multiple times. I mean, that doesn't mean, like, what he, that doesn't lessen the significance yeah, of what he did. Pussy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the guy that's in. what you're saying. White, black, whatever he could right. get. DTF. That's what he was. He was constantly down the fuck. <laughs> 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 I mean, he wasn't gay. 
Get a healthy libido. Um, here is Scott. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, guys. Yeah. I think you need to look at Muhammad Ali if you're not thinking he's a great guy. He's like this punk rock figure. He's not Bruce Springsteen. He's like Joe Strummer. He's trying to tear shit down. I mean, he's he's an awesome figure of defiance, not, you know, Superman. You could be an awesome figure of defiance without being considered, you know, a great guy, quote-unquote. Name one. Name, Name that- these rebellious fucking people who don't have as many people as fucking pissed as them as, as they do. You're never going to win everybody over. Che Guerrero. Thank you very much. <laughs> Malcolm That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Those are still only fringe heroes no. today. They're never but going Ma- to be. But Martin Luther King's considered a defiant. He's a hero. He's a defiant guy. He changed things. He changed things much more than Muhammad Ali did. But you, you've got the same thing. He's teaching morality, and here's the thing that's coming up in the refuck. Ask Martin Luther King what he thought of Muhammad Ali. Uh, uh, Go back and check if that's who they, you're using. They became buddies later, and I'm not doubting that Muhammad Ali morphed and changed. But this they the guy, became buddies later. They he was fucking later. killed in '68. <laughs> no, they became buddies later. Like Brett, in the start of his career, right? He was, he was not. They were not BFFs. They became, God, you got to stop that kind it's of. True. It's true. You got to stop the fucking corny talk, though. Um, here's uh, Nathan. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. Uh, just wanted to share a quick Muhammad Ali story uh, with regard to his character. Uh, I met him in 1987. I was just a few days shy of my eighth birthday on a school field trip to D.C. And uh, he rolled up the. Uh, curb there in a limo, got out, and I instantly recognized him, but I wasn't exactly sure where from. Um, my dad said, that's the champ, son. And I said, Dad, can we get his autograph? And Dad said, no, let's let's not bother the champ. So uh, Ali went on into the hotel uh, lobby. A few minutes later, he came back out and had a pen in his hand, and he got down on one knee, shook my hand, gave me a hug, and then uh, looked at my dad for something to write on. So Dad produced a pad from his pocket, and Ali then proceeded to uh, write me an autograph. He pointed to he never The guy never spoke a word at all, but he pointed to me uh, as if to ask my name, and I said, you know, it's Nathan. So he wrote down to Nathan, love Muhammad Ali, and had me an autograph. And then he did the same thing for my father. And then he did the same thing for another lady that was a chaperone on the trip, who, when he got out of the limo earlier, said, isn't that Cassius Clay? Cassius. And so that shows you right there that he had no uh, ego about him as far as how he was known. As he, was, he just seemed to be happy that people recognized him. Uh, that's a great story, dude. You shook Dan, you shook the world. It's me all my life, yeah. It's, uh, it's a story that I tell all kinds of folks when they say, who's the most famous person you ever met? Ollie. Yeah, I think he's the probably the most. Earl has a story when Ali was walking through his neighborhood, and all the kids were just running out of their houses, <laughs> chasing him down the street. It sounds like a movie scene. They should have. Yeah. Bob just would have been throwing tomatoes at him. Well, this is the same guy that that blamed uh, black people dying in hospitals with white people operating them as white people hating black people, and he said that in an interview. Yeah. Right. So. Do you know that white, that black people weren't even fucking invited in the place? You're acting like black. No, I understand that. No, you don't fucking understand at all. You might put it into a place 
Bob, but you don't fucking truly understand what it's like for that generation that was treated as second-class citizens. They will never feel equal. We still have reverberations to that to this day when black people are saying you just don't fucking get it. I understand that I will not understand it to the level or even close to the level that they get it. Then take some respect for yourself for that and say, look, I'm coming into this saying things that are that that I'm leading with ignorance is what I'm trying to tell you. Like fucking understand that everything that you're saying is I'm leading with ignorance. There is some kind of a post political correctness that you've entered this into. A, a 2013 political correctness that you now want to rejudge all of history. And you could take anyone from the 1970s and say they were anti-woman because many of them had no idea what it even meant. You know what I mean? Like anyone from a pre-1970 could be considered somewhat anti-woman could be considered somewhat fucking racist. So by the same thing, you should not be shocked that people kick back uh, uh, against that. And you'd think that, that somehow white doctors, uh, th that you could sit here today and say, oh, it's not true that white doctors didn't treat white patients better than black patients? That's not, that's not what he said. And that's not what I said he said. What I'm saying, is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Is it likely in some cases? Yeah, probably. Then why would you fucking even? Why because you I don't take think. It from there? Because I don't think in 2013, and which, by the way, throughout history, regardless of what era or which age or which civilization, people always look back on history and view things differently. I ignorant people would do that. Ignorant people who would not take the time to say, "Here's where we were at that time." You would have to always understand the people that you are judging to look back and judge. And say, well, why didn't somebody do something yet? It's 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 almost ridiculous. It's like in the future when people decide, hey, we're all going to be vegetarians. They would look back at maybe all of us in this room and go, they were animals. Just tearing at flesh with their teeth. Yeah, well, it's more delicious than your um, future vegetables. At eight six. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Good. You're our, you're our cash is <laughs> Um... Here is Jim. Jim in Toronto. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, fellas. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't think this guy actually believes any of the stuff he's saying. There's no way you can't draw inspiration from such an amazing person. But my question is, uh, with famous people, when they die young, they become even more famous, just legends, because they don't have a chance to let us down. Do you think that's what happened with um, Muhammad Ali? Like, even though he didn't die, he had a crippling, terrible... Uh, like disease, but do you think because of that he's even a bigger icon than he was? No, I don't think so at all. Because, well, I mean, the thing that you would have to, above all else, and I, I, I could fucking seriously break down when I think about what he lives with every day that here, this greatest athlete of my lifetime, uh, can't feed himself today, can't write the names that we're hearing about, mainly from that sport. Uh, but I'll, I'll never forget after 2001 when he was on TV and he's shaking and going back saying these are not the Muslims that I'm part of and the true Muslim thing that would never allow this. I'll never forget that night. I was so moved by him. 
showing up like that. And um, Joe Frazier was, that same night, was um, shooting craps in this fucking alley <laughs> in North Philadelphia. Um, I ain't saying, uh, there was a purse next to him that he had dumped out. I ain't okay. saying he had stole the purse. Um, here's Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Nice game. Hello? Yeah. I just want to uh, go over a few things. First was, Ali saved the sport of boxing. A lot of guys don't know that. It was a dying sport until he came back on. And they made List enough to be this indomitable force that couldn't be beaten. He knocked Patterson out in two first-round knockouts. He was, in, uh, he was very intimidating. The first thing Ali did was to get into his head and blow his mind up. Okay? The Fraser situation, he was friendly with Frazier. Before the fight, he didn't beg him. He helped promote the fight. There never would have been a fight unless he did that. And everybody he fought, he had names for. He had the name the Acorn for Ernie Shavers, Washerwoman for George Navallo, Robert the Rabbit for Patterson. I'll go on. He had names for everyone. That was part of his game. But he brought back the sports single-handedly. During that period of time, he became a great civil rights leader. And a man who helped stop the Vietnam War. He was the first person to step up and question and had the gall and the balls to do what he did. And guess what? I'm a Caucasian, an Irish Catholic. And 99% of my people hated him, and I loved him. And as it turns out, in the end, he was a black Muslim for a short period of time. But then, if you read about his book, he went to Mecca. And he came upon all the other Muslims. He said, it's not supposed to be all black. It's supposed to be all Muslims. So, yeah, he did make some commentaries that were incorrect in life. But he always tried to do things over. To judge him on some some commentaries he made in early part of his life would be wrong. He also made a terrible comment that he would never end up like Joe Lewis. And I said to myself when I was a young man, I wish he didn't say it, he ended up worse than Joe Lewis. Yeah. As far as his, his health. But you have to look at the whole picture overall and understand, understand it evolved from Cassius Clay to, to the black Muslims to the complete human being, where he took time out to understand everybody's woes and wants. To sit there and judge him like he's prejudiced is incorrect. Very incorrect. It's like George, it's like George Wallace down in Alabama saying, all black people are bad. Guess what? It's a funny world out here. We're all pretty good. My father made a comment to me. There's all good and bad and all racist. More good than bad. And that's the way life is. So if you were to take Muhammad Ali, I'll say a few things about him. He was the messiah for the sport of boxing. He did the same thing to George Foreman that he did to, to Sonny Liston, okay? He intimidated. If you hear George Foreman talk about today, he'll say it's all about Muhammad Ali. He's the reason I came back and I'm so great. So if you sit there and think that Joe Frazier disliked him, because I like Joe, but Joe had a big issue with alcohol at the end of his life, okay? And I don't want to go on about it. I know more about boxing than all these guys put together, including uh, Bert Sugar. Maybe Joe didn't have the, the strength in him to say, I forgive you, Muhammad. But he did try to make amends with him. And I'm never going to knock Joe because Joe was a great fighter and a great person in his own right. But to say he was a biased person, maybe for a short period of time, but his ignorance left that he became a very smart, redeeming human being. And remember the Vietnam War, guys. Yeah. We'd still be in stupid fucking wars like that if it wasn't for him to say, I don't know this yellow man. Why should I go over and kill him? All right. Thank you very you much. Um, some good points. And also, good points, what you have to do is judge a person throughout their life, just not where they were at certain points. And I'm, I will say this. I don't think...
that you could have fought back about the kind of oppression that he grew up with without having anger in your heart. That was fucking righteous anger um, that a lot of those guys that went through. And we got nothing to compare that to today, mainly because of what those guys did. I I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to know what it was like to grow up like that. I'm privileged that I didn't have to. And that's that's a, that's. Then, I, then that should bring some humility. That should bring a certain amount of humility, just so we don't get back into situations like this again. Uh, that last caller, Mike. Though, by the way, I always like when you when you run into. A true historian that knows this <laughs> shit, because it is so rare um, to know somebody who who's who's got that much that they're they're coming through with. Here's Tim. You're on the Ryan Fed show. Yeah, just to your point, Ronnie, about how America feels about Ali. There's very few people that get to light the torch at the Olympic ceremony, and the last time we held the Summer Olympics back in '96. He was the guy, and I know the next day after he was, you know, shaking, lighting that torch, that's all a lot of people talked about, about how great of a moment that is. He's a hero. America looks at him as a hero, and that's why he was put in that place to, 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 to light the torch that and, year. And when you're saying American hero, this was a worldwide hero. When he went to China, people were crazy. When he went, went to Africa, people were crazy. I don't know if... Fucking Kevin Durant could probably walk down the fucking street in Africa. Nobody can pick him out. Uh, but the world's different now. In what way? I, I mean, it, it's just a different... The, the cultures are different. What's your point? The cultures weren't different then? No, I'm, I'm saying Ali was so polarizing, right? He, he was such a difference than what actually was no, the norm, right? As opposed to, like, today. Whereas outspoken athletes are all over the place. I'm not saying that's... I discredit you, Ali. Are they ever? Do you ever hear people bringing up stuff? I think people are fucking afraid to uh, to point things out today. Fucking Oprah, I thought folded like a, a fucking bitch when the Obama stuff came back and started biting her in the ass. No. She didn't want any part of that for the second election. Polarizing for what? People are driven by one thing today. Profit. Athletes out can't really say that shit, or they'll get the shit fined out of them, or the, and they'll lose. They'll lose cash. Yeah. They will lose. It's all about money. But here, Nike. Ali was willing to lose cash. The whole Heat team like had their whole like Trayvon hoodies up thing. But if one of them, like LeBron or Dwayne Wade, had come out and said like no, like on George Zimmerman's side, and had said stuff about like black people needing to get their shit together and stuff like that, he would have been crucified by crucified. that whole community. People are afraid to not be politically correct, no matter who they are. They're petrified not to be with the group. I think out of the, the entire thing of the 1960s, if you look at that Muhammad Ali quote where you know he was drafted and he said, I don't have any qualm, uh, quarrel with the Viet Cong, no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. There's two incredible things in that one sentence. Number one, it makes you think, yes, why are we on the other side? And two, look, we've got worse problems here. So why are we, A, why am I going to the other side of the world? Who are these people we're fighting with? Yeah. And B, we have suppressors here in this country. That thing, that statement, uh, Particularly when most of your army comes from 
and always has come from like lower middle class kids, force people in this country to go, wait, what are we fighting for? And why are we calling ourselves the greatest country in the world? From one line. It's stunning. Uh, there's actually people who don't even think that he wrote that line. But I will tell you this. He delivered it. To be able to put that line out there at a time where it was even more controversial than it is today to say that line, I, I still think is stunning. I think it might be the political line uh, of the 1960s and one of the greatest political lines in the history of uh, the United States. Um, here's uh, Brian in Wisconsin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Um, I met Muhammad Ali and Ed O'Hare probably in about 2000 or so. I was probably about 23 or so. And the guy was amazingly polite to everyone. You know, he's on one of those old carts going around, and he's doing the the punching for everyone and, you know, kind of posing for pictures and stuff. And, you know, the Parkinson's obviously bad at that point. And I teach middle school, and I tell my middle school kids that, and usually the boys, they're still amazed by it. You know, just the the character that he has. Even now, you know, and it takes a lot to influence those guys. And they kind of look into it and see what he did and how he kind of challenged the system and everything else with it. So it's not just the, you know, the poetry and the the bravado, but what he actually stood for. And I've met a lot of famous people, and he is by far the, the coolest and the one that made the impression the most. I mean, just an amazing guy. And, you know, don't even take this wrong. He still was ego driven. I still think that he was as much. Ali first, as Jordan was Jordan first, but I also thought that he did civil rights stuff, very important civil rights stuff, along with that. Uh, John, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ron, do you think that Howard Cosell helped bring on white America in legitimizing Muhammad Ali? Well, let's go back to remember this. Howard Cosell benefited from uh, Ali. Ali benefited from Cosell. In the same way, Frazier benefited from Ali and vice versa to have that great other opponent to fight against. Foreman benefited from Ali. But think about where it was with Cosell. Here was a Jewish New Yorker and a black guy jawing back and forth on TV at a time where there was a lot of segregation in parts of the country watching this where they wouldn't see Jews or blacks. Neither one of those guys was liked by white America. But yeah, I think Ali was helped made by uh, was helped made by Cosell, but Cosell was also helped made by Ali. Um, we're gonna take a couple more of these calls. It's turned you around, though, Chris, and you hate Ali, too, now? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not on Mike's side. I yeah. still love the man. Cassius Clay, that's my dude. I'm sure you would want him to still be called Cassius Clay, wouldn't you, Mike? That's no. his government name. <laughs> that's a little extreme. Why? Because At the time, would you have? No. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, if you transplanted me today, then? Yeah. No. Like, I, I don't think that anybody should tell someone what they should legally have their name if they change it. When you went from Mike to Ba back to Mike, <laughs> I accepted each one of them. I'm going to accept Classic and Mike Show. M-I-C, even spelled that way. It's coming, Friday. Friday wine. 
Who do you think is going to win this thing? Up to, I thought before Molly had it in the bag. Mm. Now I'm confused when I'm seeing these two guys working together. Because it's sugar and sweet. Yeah. It's salty. Yep. It's savory. And they're coming from different places, whereas Molly and Joe, they're, you know, they're peas in the pod. Here's the other thing I think about Classic and Mike. There's sexual tension that I never saw between between two men before. I wow, you're that. right, man. Yeah, I can see that. Like, are they just gonna fuck on the air? You don't know. Will it end with anal? Will it end every show with anal? <laughs> How much jizz will be spilled? By the who do you think would be night? the top? I think I would be. Okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Mike, I think that would be easier power, on both of you. Mike if seems you were like the a top. power bottom to me. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> Take it, yeah. Yeah, battling back. Yeah, uh-huh. And you better <laughs> not spill. give it to me. You better not spill any You better. All right. Not a drop. Not a drop. That's Classic. disgusting. I mean, you're going out of your way. <laughs> um, but Mike, you're anti-black, uh, anti-Muslim, anti anti-1960s, um, anti-lefty, anti as you called rights. it. Yeah. <laughs> You were like, you know what you were like here today? Uh, running into Reagan at the same age. After Reagan went anti-union. You know, after he got all he could out of the unions. Yeah. And then started to stab back at him. Scarred I was going to do uh, top 50 Uncle Toms in basketball the last decade, but I guess I'm going to have to rethink that now. I put Jordan at the top of that list. Just see uh, people are putting the thing around the Jordan dunked. Yeah. He was manhandling that little kid, too. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no. It's all competition to him. Yeah, I know. Especially at 50. He just wants to fucking play. It's not quite Dr. J. Um, well, he and Dr. J, who, by the way, Dr. J, also was considered uppity by your people. Um, <laughs> people, no, and I'm being very serious. Dr. J was only truly loved by the masses decades after he played. At the time that he came out, Walt Frazier was looked at like he was a pimp in 72. That's a good thing to me. By the way, Bill Bradley always loved. <laughs> He's a nice white boy. He's safe. Wasn't he a senator too, right? Yeah. Dollar Bill. And almost president. Almost won the Democratic. Um, he finished second behind Gore, but made a real run for it. If you only put Ali on the ticket, he would have been made. You would be surprised. Ali was not um, liked. He was never liked by any of the adults in my family. It was only after the fact, particularly after, really after he lost the Sphinx, that people were like, oh my God, he's human and we're not going to have him much longer. After that, everyone was like, we really want to see him go out a champion. Not you, Mike. You were more of a Leon Spinks guy. That's your, At the time, yeah, yeah. I was. Because I was like, this has to end. This you were both losing, missing a fuck, too. <laughs> I got it fixed up you know, since then. But. You know the bravery of anyone who goes out without front teeth in public? It, it never gets celebrated enough. No. Like, this looks fine. <laughs> They're the forgotten heroes. Yeah. I would defend that. Well, I'm like, we got to take a break here. So, reopen the case. Hicks, is there anything that you'd ever reopen the case on? Any rock bands? Any movies? Anything I, that you feel like history is not correct about? I'd reopen the case on Dune. The film Dune. <laughs> David Lynch's. Even though he took his... 
<laughs> you love that. I do love it. No, no shit. David Lynch took his name off that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he hated that thing with a passion. A lot of things been in, was in development hell yeah. for a long time. I actually got sued once for saying good movie to him. <laughs> that is rough. How about for you, classic Shelps? Yeah, I would say uh, John Lennon could definitely be brought up. In the negative? Yeah, I know he, uh, just for his personal life, he was very kind of anti-women. He hit, he was very abusive with his wife, and he, like, didn't even acknowledge his son, Julian, for a long time. Like, didn't even want him to be part of his life, so I, the case could be brought up there, too. Like we've concluded today. How, I'm going to fucking claw my way to defend yeah. poor John Lennon. You young kids are fucking awful. Steve Jobs. Uh, what about you, Mo? Anybody? Um, not anybody that I can think of, but I already met, like, I mentioned this early in the semester, but I think that history should be re rewritten about the movie Hot Rod. Cause <laughs> That's just weird. I really love the fact that you call this the semester. Because we don't <laughs> tend to do that in radio. <laughs> Are we having a good semester? <laughs> it's not broken up like that. No. There's some seasons, I guess. We used to have books. We used to say we're in the summer book. Now, when I first started doing radio, uh, there would be more important books. Like the summer book was your least important book of the year. Because people's um, shopping habits and listening habits were was, thrown off. Was everything just down for everyone? Is it, was that a... Well, you saying? know, you, you had people that were vacationing and... Uh, also spending leisure time doing things that they wouldn't normally be doing. All right. That makes sense. The well, winter book and spring book I always thought were the most expensive, most important. Now you don't even hear about books. No. I've never had one. It's all about... You, you've never worked in radio. No. Only Rob and I have actually worked in radio that's around here today. You guys just worked in satellite. Yeah, we're just satellite kids. You don't know what it's like the fucking night before to go, oh, fuck, if this book is bad, I'm going to change the format on us. And then everything changes overnight, and then... Yeah, you wake up in the morning, and they're fucking playing turkey in the straw instead of the morning show. And you're like, oh, I don't know. This is really bad. I'm a little nervous about this. Um, Tom, you're on the run of face show. Listen, I want to get on my blowhard soapbox here real quickly in school classic. Classic, I love you, but you don't know the story of John Lennon. In the 50s, in that culture, he grew up, he was called a teddy boy. He used to call it putting the boot in. He used to beat people up and kick them. Yes, he treated his wife in the 60s like shit. But by the end of the 60s and into the 70s and for the rest of his life, he completely recanted and uh, paid his dues for what the the mistakes that he made. He wrote a song called Woman is the Nigger of the World. He absolutely was pro-woman. He regretted the way he treated his wife, his first wife and his first son. You are absolutely wrong about John Lennon. You have to do some reading of your history books, my boy. I like John Lennon. I was just saying the case get, could be made. I mean, I'm no ba here. Yeah, the case can be made. No, you are ba. We've tried to uh, point out through this entire conversation about Ali and Lennon is that people grow up in a certain time, they go through changes, and they become a different person. And, yeah, you can make the case that he started out one way, but look how he ended up, and look what he tried to do, and look what he said at the end of his life, not at the beginning. 
I think people can change, but you can't. I'm just not going to forget what people did. Here's uh, Joe. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, gentlemen. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to uh, give some uh, few words of encouragement to Mike there. He's, uh, you know, going up against the great Ron Bennington and seems like the entire, you know, United States right now. But, uh, you know, I think it's, I'm pretty proud of him for, uh, you know, well, you know, I, I'm proud of him for this, too. He came in and attacked the hero. Uh, tomorrow he's going to come in and attack the flag, take a piss on it. But, yeah, and I, did, I, I think he showed some real balls. The he's, things that he said uh, will bring us back to But, But, you know, what the last caller said is, like, none of us are perfect. No one is perfect. And there is this thing of building people up and tearing them down. In the media, and I'm talking about the media that Mike loves so much. Oh, yeah. The TMZ media. Love Radar, it. Your radars. Love it. Mm. That's the good writing. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. Everyone's jumped on a cake before. You just never <laughs> had the video that's going to tie you into it. We've all jumped on cakes. It's been a goddamn cake party up here for the last week. Not went too far. That's not <laughs> talking about the past. Not this week. That's different. Um, I guess that'll be the next thing about it goes after. Yeah, right. Um, I know you're doing a thing against Jesus Christ. How come he never was with a woman? Why you turn uh, bread into other more bread? I mean, get some other foods going. Yeah. Some the Messiah um, gay sounds like it. It's Open nice case, that you came up <laughs> with bread, but uh, if you would add a little lunch meat to this, it could be a meal in <laughs> itself. And water into wine. It's like 11 a.m. Jesus. Yeah, and there's children. There's underage people. Jesus didn't even check on a lot of their ages. He wasn't carding. They didn't have cards. <laughs> Should have went with beer instead. Why not? Of wine. Everyone could drink no matter what age. Yeah, you couldn't even laminate anything. So how were they going? Well, that's true. You couldn't laminate. Well, I guess Jesus could have laminated if he wanted to. Yeah, but he wasn't. Just with a wave of his hand. <laughs> I'm like, what is this around it? Let's just say it's laminated. That'll get you backstage when I'm on the mount It's later. a protective cover so that lasts longer. Do you think um, Jesus, like when he was on the mount, like sleeping like that, was like, a lot of people. I don't know. I'm getting a little nervous. I didn't think it was going to be this big. You think they can hear me? Uh, I'm going to open probably with something just to grab them right away. Do it, Jesus. <laughs> um, so there we go. We're running a little late again today. We got, yeah, we should break. Why don't we break? We should break it. Uh, let's do Lifeboat when we get back. Oh, shit. I know we never got around to modern U.S. riots. I didn't expect Mike to be such a fucking power hitter today. He hit the ball out. Killing Muhammad Ali. You know what? I After what he did today, I got him from a failure yeah. from what I thought he did from this to an incomplete. So, That's big. Yeah. And that moves you to the top of the class. You're that nice middle ground of I didn't fail and I didn't Any pass. of you who don't fail are going to get incompletes. <laughs> Working on up And here. this will actually keep you from getting your diploma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, definitely. This is, you are definitely not getting this, in the blow. This is amazing. You're never going to graduate. For being too fucking snarky. 
Alright, we break. We'll come back and play a little Lifeboat Ron and Fez show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments. Sopranos musical moment when Tony heard this song started sobbing a little bit thinking about his Abundan and went over and beat her boyfriend with a belt Sopranos had some great musical moments was it the Van Morrison version of Company Numb playing when Christopher died maybe we listened to it before before he died I think it was in that episode we'll have to look it up though but Good call. You got the Fez thing of just thinking, I'll use this show to ask questions <laughs> rather than tell things. Like this, like the Fez version would be of what Bob did today to come in and go, hey, what do you guys think of Ali? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read much about him myself. What do you think? That was correct. I should have just said it. Yes. You should have made the statement. I feel like a fucking dick. No one would have went and looked it up. You would have been there on your own. Um, Fez is home today, but I understand he said in a news story in the last six hours, so he's getting back into it. Good. I'd love to hear anything from him. Let's see what the news story was. Okay. I want to look this up. What? I know it just came in. What's interesting him today? Um, yeah, it's actually Earl's story. Okay. And Fez loaded it. Oh. <laughs> It's about a topless woman. Oh. But he's loading Earl's stories today, and I believe he plans on loading some Shelby stories. Is is he loaded? <laughs> I don't know. His throat doesn't feel good. You know what it's time for? What's that? Lifeguard. Attention. Abandon ship. It's time for lifeguard. I just got word from our lawyers in SiriusXM. The name of the game is Lifeboat, not Lifeguard. The same game you've been enjoying a long time. Uh, this one is going to be comedic actors turned serious. So I think the only way to do this is we are going to judge these comedic actors on their serious roles. Yeah. Not their funny roles. We've got Will Smith, Tom Hanks, Jim Carrey, and Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Woo! 
I know who Boz against. <laughs> Own him off. This is going to, no, it'll be Jamie Foxx. So Will Smith, Tom Hanks, Jim Carrey, and Jamie Foxx. This is going to be hard for Bob to do because he'll want to vote off both Will Smith and Jamie Foxx because <laughs> he's racist. Now, do you like when comedic actors play it serious? Yeah, I do. I, I it, you know, it's it's a nice change of pace. It's like, wow, that guy's so fucking happy all the time. I don't know if I want to see Robin Williams cry again. I just, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he nailed it in Good Will Hunting. He was there great is man. always a time that a. Um, that the comedian wants to make you cry. Every comedian also wants to make you cry. Well, uh, so far, except for Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Now, some people bitch to me about Larry David. They're going, well, he's just playing the same role. And I'm going, so what? W.C. Fields always played that role. That's what you like about a comedian. You, I don't know if I want to, I don't know. See Larry David in a French fucking role. What's holding Larry David back is his lack of range. <laughs> if I were to, to say what you know what is missing from his whole repertoire, he really wants to take it to the big time. He's to yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, Jim Carrey, Will Smith, and Jamie Fox. Oof. Now your dream is to make it so big as a comedian shelb that you finally shit on that by doing a serious role. Yeah. You want to get to that point. Yeah. And you've got to be quite a few mo uh, uh, film roles into it. Yeah, before they give you the chance. Yeah. Before the studio will take a chance on you. Um, it's a tough one uh, to pick. Although Liz says, Fire says, can I kick out three and save one? That's what I think makes this difficult. <laughs> that you will cringe no matter who the serious, the, the comedic actor is. When they play serious, you tend to cringe. This is this is a weird one. I don't know. I don't know yet. Why don't we go to Bob first since today's his day. Um, and I'm sure he's going to want to throw out a white guy just to prove yeah, something right. about himself this morning. Be truthful, all right, Bob? Don't try to fucking prove it. I'm keeping Muhammad Ali, Will Smith. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping Jamie Foxx. He's real good. I know it. He had to do that. Yeah, I am keeping figures. Tom Hanks because he's awesome. Blame me here. And I, I hate Jim Carrey. You hate oh, Jim Carrey? Yeah. How no, can no, no, anyone... no, let me phrase, let me phrase. I like Jim Carrey, the the comedian, like the the funny actor. Oh, okay. But like the serious actor, I can never get into it. Like I saw the number twenty three. It was one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah, but I think that would have been bad if Denzel was playing in that role. <laughs> Probably. Like you have to judge the actor by his acting, yeah, and not how bad the movie um, is themselves. Uh, I want to thank uh, John Caleri because this is his. He sent it in. If you want to join in on this, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Eternal Sunshine from the, uh, the Spotless Mind, not a, a comedic role, and Jim Carrey destroyed in that. Amazing. 
Truman very, Show. Very, very heartbreaking. He, no, he, was, he's, he was good in, in uh, Truman Show's so fucking sad, isn't it? I love the Truman Show. I, I, he should have gotten some, some sort of recognition for that film. Well, he is from you. He's recognized from you. All right, good. You're welcome, Jim. He's got himself a Hixie this year. <laughs> he picked up a Hixie for himself. You feel good about yourself now, I bet. If, uh, um, just got word that if anyone else has anything they want to send in, Fez will load it. Oh, good. Noted. I wonder if he's still, uh, if we can still catch his disease tomorrow. I don't want to get it. Yeah. And I go, what is it called? He says, it's just called a viral infection. It doesn't even have a name. Like it got here from Thailand or something. He has a mystery bug inside of him. Mystery bug. It's inside of him. It's probably a parasite growing oh, inside his brain. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to let Molly choose next. Okay. Molly, you heard the big four, right? I heard the big four. And you want uh, Hicks to read them back off to you? Yeah, why not? I could do that. Yeah. Will Smith, Tom Hanks, Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx. All right. Safest of all is Tom Hanks. I think I saw Saving Private Ryan, and he that movie just like completely changed the way I thought about war. And I just think it's really important, and he did an awesome job. Well, how did it change the way you thought about war? You love just, it now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, Can we be the last ones on the beach? That's what it would change for me. I don't want to get to the beach before everyone else is already there. How did you feel about war before you saw the movie? Well, I guess I always like understood that war was like heck that war was heck and that and that like really tough decisions had to be made but i don't think i like truly understood it until i saw that movie oh i don't know why this is so um funny oh. you were really moved by that movie yeah i was i just thought it was a great movie i'm thrown off by that movie at the end of it yeah when the well, you know he's an old man and he's back at the funeral thing. Yeah. There is a very young girl with incredibly large breasts that has taken me out of the movie every <laughs> single time. And I'll be just like, wait, what did he say? Yeah. And who is that? Is that his daughter? And why are her breasts so much larger? Genetics. Than man. everyone else. Genetics. I was very, I'm thrown off by that scene. Hmm. Never really. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. The girl with the really large breasts at I, the end I guess of the I film. I didn't notice. Yeah. That's your problem. No, this, that should have been pointed out to you. Mm. All right, anyways, so Tom mm. Hanks is safe. Tom Hanks safe. Then next safest is Jamie Foxx. I know this is going to sound really weird, but he was in Dreamgirls, and he was so good. I'm serious. He was awesome. I actually prefer him in serious roles over comedic roles. Yeah, me too, I think. Except for that boxing movie, um, the one in Vegas. The Great White Hype. Yeah, the great white hype that he keeps going like this. We uh, will you. I enjoy and there's that something about that that cracks me up. Sam Jackson was the man. Yeah. No, always. All right, so then that leaves Will Smith and Jim Carrey. Oh, boy. And I am going to save Will Smith over Jim Carrey. Oh, what the? There's a generation of Jim Carrey haters. We are dealing with a gem, uh, generation of Jim Carrey haters. Here's Dave in Washington. You're on the Ron Fez show. 
Hey, buddy. All right, so first off, uh, safe is uh, Jamie Foxx and Tom Hanks. Um, thing about Will Smith is I like a couple of his movies, but I don't know if... I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a serious movie him. So if, if he has done a serious movie, it's probably something that I would like. So I'm going to have to throw him off the boat. Will Smith? Well, he did Ali, which was great. He did that six, six degrees. Happiness was horrid. He did a I Am Legend. You didn't like it? Yeah, horrid. Oh, I thought it was good. I thought it was enough that he should have lost the citizenship. <laughs> I thought it was that bad. And what's the one that he gave away all of his body parts? Seven, Seven pounds. pounds. Yeah, that's just terrible. And he wouldn't kiss a dude for some movie. He so. would not. Uh, that was Six Degrees. Yeah. He wouldn't kiss a dude. He and he goes, I don't want everyone to think that I'm gay. And they're like, well, you're not gay, but you did take the role of a gay man. You read the script, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought at the last moment I would try to tell you I'm not doing what's in the script. You've cashed a couple of paychecks already. Uh... How about instead of killing him, I just shoot him? <laughs> Come on. Come on, Will. Um, all right, I'm going to go next. Jamie Foxx, safe. And Jim Carrey's going to be safe for me. Now it takes me between Will Smith and Tom Hanks. Not even close. I'm saving Will Smith, Tom Hanks, into the water. Oh, Tom. Wow. That surprised me. And take your son Colin with you. <laughs> What'd he do? <laughs> Nothing. He's great. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe Colin can help. Because I like uh, Tom Hanks quite a bit. But I like him better in his comedic roles than I do um, in most of these others. Uh, Jamie Foxx I like better in serious roles than I do in comedic roles. Would you say Django is a serious or comedic? I would he... say it's very serious. Yeah. Serious is a fucking heart attack. It's about <laughs> slavery and he's a black man. Of course yeah. it's serious. And he's riding around with a wagon with a giant tooth on it. <laughs> with a German Even man. never once... Plays into anything. That's his cover. He's he's a he's a. No one even says that that's his disease. <laughs> he's a dentist. You would think that it would play some part of it. <laughs> Later he goes, we put diamond uh, dynamite into that tooth. Well, he also kept the money in the tooth too. That was like his little safe. It doesn't seem like it was safe to me though. It's <laughs> always swinging around. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the money fell out of the tooth. Look, they're hiding it in plain sight. Will you? Oh. I like when Jamie Foxx dresses up like a woman. Those are the best films. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to, uh, as a film. I meant the fuck. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Say I'm doing a shock thing. <laughs> I'm doing a little shock thing. Um, let's go back to the snarky one. As this is going to mean a lot to me, by the way. Hmm. As far as comedic <laughs> actors, out of all these four, Jim Carrey is definitely the best. And I know he gets just shit on a lot these Not by days me. just for his politics and you know some of his late later movies haven't been so great but as far as you know a physical comedian there's nobody better but as going on this list tom hanks is an american treasure he's safe jamie fox again people and i think judging from some of his comments are hating on him because of a lot of the things he said in you know his personal life but he's been great in ray and very underrated in the soloist collateral what the fuck are you talking about 
Collateral, he wasn't underrated. He was nominated. No, no, I'm saying he was good. Oh, yeah. I said this somewhere. And then, yeah, so he's Solo's safe. blow. <laughs> so it's coming down between <laughs> Jim Carrey. You know what I what made me cry to soloist? What? When he got his cake jumped on. <laughs> <laughs> that was the soloist? Yeah. He earned that, I was that worried too. I went back to that joke too soon, but I just felt really good about it. I thought the soloist was going to be about a guy masturbating. <laughs> That's how come I got my money back. I just wanted to delete it. No <laughs> one masturbated. <laughs> Came in my twelve fifty. Will you? Go ahead. So Will Smith, I not that big of a fan of him as a dramatic actor. And Jim Carrey, again, he's had some questionable roles as well. But coming down to it, I'm going to save Jim Carrey. Will Smith, he just kind of. Racism rears its ugly head. Wow. Yeah. You like you like hating black people? Is that it? Get in that water, guys? boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want to go by somebody I can trust, Pips. Pips, you are you know more about film than anyone else in here. Just call my MDB sometimes. <laughs> I just go DB. Well, um, did you sleep in tonight, though, Pips? Have a nice morning. No, I didn't sleep in. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get plenty of rest. Okay. How's your girl? She doing okay? Yeah, she's doing all right. I don't know. What do you got from this? Who are you kicking out? Um, I think Tom Hanks has a great range. I'm keeping him. Jamie Foxx, too. Done good work. Uh, between Will Smith and Jim Carrey... Will Smith, I did like him, Iron Legend. Jim Carrey, I just, I can't get with the serious roles uh -oh. with him in his movies. Jim Carrey, you're off the lifeboat. What's happening? All right, let me go back and check. What, who's being thrown off so far? Because if you go by this room, Jim Carrey's in big trouble. Jamie Foxx at 40% of the vote. Tom Hanks, there's, he's safe. Well, you brought up what, the way America feels about him. National treasure for, what, 30 Five years now or something? Yeah, he's unstoppable. He's uh, in Captain Phillips next where he's kicking black people off a boat. So that's kind of meta if you think about it. <laughs> I'm from my fucking head. is. Just, I, by the way, I won't even be going to that movie. I don't want to see uh, a film where Tom Hanks is taken fucking prisoner. Well, those Somalian pirates seem pretty scary. Have a gun on your fucking boat and this thing's over. I think they're allowed to have guns on the boats. Who's going to know? I don't know. It's all, everything turns out okay. It's based on a true story. They like yeah, those. they fucking murdered everybody on the boat. Wait, what? Yeah. I thought it was the other no, way around. was the one before. Oh. This is the one before... Jesus. The, the thing came in. You didn't know about this? No, no I yeah, thought they, it was the one with the seals. They, they, everyone they up. slaughtered everyone on the boat, including the captain was uh, cut into pieces. <sighs> fucking downer of a movie. It kind of ruins you it for me. You want to go with me? We'll go together? <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to see fucking Tom Hanks' head Here's cut the off. Deal. This is a buoy. I buy yeah. tickets, right. yeah. you buy snacks. I like a lot of that fake butter on the popcorn. I know. That's good. <laughs> okay. Is that a good deal? Okay. I already know what I want for my snacks. What do you want? Surf and turf. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little expensive. For I you. guess we have to bring them in. Is there a theater that serves it? Oh, don't worry about it. I might not even go to the movie. I'm just going across the street and eating. Fuck. Uh, Anthony and Philly, you're on the Run of Fez show. Anthony, go ahead, buddy. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to unfortunately go off uh, Tom Hanks off that boat. 
Uh, I love Tom Hanks as a comedic actor. You know, Bachelor Party, all the classic movies. But sure. um, Party on. You got uh, Jamie Foxx with um, Law Abiding Citizen, just killed it. And um, Will Smith, you know, he, I like him as a serious actor. He's not a comedian. You know, he, he's better with the serious stuff. Yes. And um, Jim Carrey, um, I think he's a he's like the wild card. I think he can do like a show, like a Truman Show, which is comedy slash. You know, yes, we're all with you. We know who you throw off. Dramedy. You, know, you throw off Tom Hanks. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, boys. You got to include Robin Williams' character from One Hour Photo. Ra- yeah, Robin Williams isn't good. even part of this. Yeah, but you got to put his character. No, you don't have to put anything in with Robin Williams. He's already safe on dry land. <laughs> He's fine. too good for this fucking shitty boat of also rents. By the way, I got you here. Pete Rose said he picked the wrong vice. Uh, he should have been an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a wife beater, not a gambler. Do you agree with him? I do. I think that... Is this hypocrisy? Absolutely, it's hypocrisy. I mean, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think he ever will be. I think the difference is that he's not paying attention to is if he was a wife beater, it would not have hurt baseball. The problem that he had is he hurt baseball. Just like I was, a, if I was a bank robber. I can't say to them, hey, I never molested my kids. They don't give a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Children are safe around me. We don't care. You robbed the bank. Baseball is mad at him because if people feel that people are betting on baseball games, it'll hurt the sport. If they feel, hey, people are hitting their wife, doesn't hurt the sport at all. That's why I think that they're very tough on the, the PEDs. Which, by the way, they're not bad on speed. If you know how many of those guys have done speed over the years, it goes back to, like, Willie Mays' time. Yeah, they're, like, old school, just like... And they used to call them greenies. <laughs> and then you just, they were just pills, and you just popped them, and then... You would normally just do enough just to stay alert. All right. I give those to my dog for her teeth now. Greenies. Nice. You got your dog with you? No. <laughs> so you made up this whole fucking story? It's all a ruse. Oh, shit. You snarky fucking liar. God damn it. What's going to happen to the classic and Mike show? Who did you uh, throw off the boat? Did you hear yourself? No. I'll do okay. it right fucking now. Jim Carrey's most well-rounded motherfucker on this okay. list. He stays. <laughs> You're cursing a lot. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. 2.9. Hey, hey, Molly. She's right. Hey. Write that down, Molly. Jamie Foxx. He gets to stay. He's got an Oscar. All right? Mm, he does have one. Tom Hanks has Between Tom Hanks okay, yeah, Tom and Will Hanks Smith. No. Between Tom Hanks and Will... I like the the Burbs better than any Will Smith movie. Tom Hanks stays. Will Smith, you get drowned in the fucking... You the Burbs was a comedy. Yeah. But I like that better than any Will Smith movie. And then you, you, you know Tom Hanks... It was Han- on by serious acting. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know Tom Hanks has the serious acting shit down. So I'm saying one of his fucking comedies is better than I anything. Really, I don't want to fucking bring comedy up in this. All right. Fuck that. Your vote doesn't count. Oh, come on. Charlie Wilson War. What is it? Charlie Wilson's War. That's yeah, a that's dramatic role. That's yeah. a good dramatic <laughs> right. role. It's a good movie. You didn't cry Philadelphia? That was a tough one. I didn't cry, but I was like, this is pretty sad. Speaking of crying, you know what's on tonight? What's that? Larry Brian, Crown? The Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers. Oh, no. Black and white, living together. Brian's song. If you never saw this movie, 
I'll just say this. One of those guys ain't making it out alive. I hope it's Piccolo. I fucking cried so bad one time watching that movie when I was a little kid. I put a fucking uh, blanket over my head on the couch. <laughs> I was like gasping for breath. Hopefully. And then my mom went like this. Oh, come on. It's just a movie. He's not really dead. <gasps> what is that? <laughs> He's dead! Mm-hmm. Brian Piccolo is actually even nicer than he comes off of this movie. Really? Because I read his book, yeah. Here's the thing. His fiance had a special needs uh, sister. Oh, shit. And when he got engaged, he gave them each a ring. He gave one to the special needs sister and said, we're all going to be together. That's... Kind of creepy if he's having threesomes with You're the wife and, this, and a special needs wow. and a special needs sister. She she can't even know whether or not it's what's going on. You're fucking terrible. She knows enough to report. <laughs> you show her on a doll. <laughs> All right, you're so, terrible, man. That's what it sounds like. That that's how if that's you just told me that story. I never heard that before. That's the first thing. Came <laughs> Molly, to my head. Did, did you think it was disgusting or so sweet? No, I thought it was sweet. Because she wasn't ever going to get married because she's special needs. They're all like in the family together. Yeah, yeah. I know. The fucking <laughs> threesome family. What's wrong with that? Nothing. The, the bad part is the special needs part. That's fine. Whatever. That's yeah, 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 totally acceptable. But the special needs part's the part that kind of throws it all off. I like that. It's totally acceptable. <laughs> Molly's Molly's gonna hear this. I'd like to go out with you and your sister if you get the opportunity. <laughs> I would never do that. What school do you uh, go to? Boston College. And her? NYU. Hmm. Money bag. A little better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. I got that jazz bread. <laughs> <laughs> fucking making it fucking rain over there. Where would you rather go to school, Hicks? NYU. Is you, she live with your folks still? No, she lives in Brooklyn now. Sure, charge them a little extra money. <laughs> what part of Brooklyn? Billy Burke? Dumbo. She lives, Brooklyn Heights. Uh, Carl I think Gardens. she lives in Bushwick. Oh, okay, mm. well that's the that's the slightly hipper, slightly less expensive Williamsburg now. By the way, nothing is slightly less expensive over there. It's crazy, the prices. It's obnoxious. The story's getting the same way. You moving into the city, Bo? Uh, yeah, thinking about it. Can't imagine you in the city. What does that even mean? Well, I mean, you know, there's such a hip thing going on here now. I guess I'm and not you're cool like though. anti-hip. You're like, you're like if Nixon had a grandson. <laughs> That's not true. Or you just said Muhammad Ali is a terrible person. I'm not a crook. But the thing is, you remind me, it's like if Nixon had a growth on his balls and it fell off. <laughs> Does that the, make sense to you? That's one of the sweetest things. Could you picture him living in Brooklyn? No, Bob. No. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about going to Brooklyn. You know. Where? Where do you want to Further into the suburbs? Yeah. yeah. Where would you live if you'd come into the city? Where would I live? Yeah. Is there a place called Gosh G. Wilkers? <laughs> thinking about it. Thinking about it. Maybe I'll live in the frat houses at NYU. Make fans happy. Well, there is no frat houses in that fucking town, but Fez does say he's a frat boy. Fez isn't even here, Mike. The best thing that's happened to you is that Fez got sick. Because <laughs> he would have been all over you tonight. Yeah. He, and you actually, do you feel like you got a chance to state his stuff? Yeah. I thought you took a, a very interesting point of view. 
I had a feeling I was going to get the hate, but I like the hate. The hate is good. Oh, you have to get used to hate if you're going to have your personality. That's right. <laughs> Classic and Mike's show. Well, no one does stuff like that. <laughs> no one does what he did. He'll take a guy with Parkinson's and just beat yeah. him into a pulp. That's right. A, a beloved figure of civil rights. And then even do the... They weren't BFFs. Talk about Martin Luther King. No, they weren't. That's best friend forever. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Got to put him in his place. You know? I'm not familiar with all of them. Oh, Let's see if there's anything else I need to plug here. We're not going to get to your riot thing today. Uh, Shelby, I'm sorry. Um, I'll live here. I'll live. That Jaguars QB, uh, I despise them now. You should. you should despise them. I, I refuse to watch any of their games. I like the Larry Ellison audio of him saying that Apple's done now that job isn't there. It's ballsy, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, well, here's what I like. He goes, we've already seen. History has shown us that when he's there, great. When he's not there, shit comes back it's great i don't know if anyone's ever done that in a company before come back I mean, he had a, a pretty long absence from him too before he came back yeah they were he took him right to bankruptcy <laughs> like is this movie the steve jobs movie going to be on regular tv i mean is it going to be on demand as well i think it's i think again just just a, uh the actual release so far you know that um that Lake movie that you didn't line me up for this week. Oh, yeah, Lake Bell. Uh, Leslie wrote to me that said it was the funniest movie of the year. Jesus. She's like, I don't know what's with fucking this goddamn do-nothing guy. I wish I was your producer. Really? That's what Leslie was putting well, I read know. a couple oh. things into it. Oh, Jesus. You know, he started to fantasize that that would be a good thing to get you out. Okay. You're a green, Bob? Yes, absolutely. Oh, great, bra. Bring it. Bring it, Mike. <laughs> You're just going bra. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Mike. Idea. Bah. Whatever you say, brah. Or you could just be Brazier. Sure. Not a man's ear. Um, Molly, you got anything you need to plug, honey? Um, no, just that Shelby and Mike are going down. I Now I think they are. Highly questionable. Here's what fucks with me. You guys have no chemistry together today. You haven't played off each other once. It's just anger. <laughs> Anger against black people. Come on, man. You got to bond over something. Jesus oh, sakes Christ. That's, that's the kind of stuff that gets taken out of context yeah. and ruins a career. That's <laughs> probably true. At least I'd be safe for that one, I think. Jerry Bark is coming in tomorrow to talk about his book. He sent me a review from the New York Post. He's very excited about oh, it. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's very, very happy. Love that periodical. Everyone wear all your BC gear tomorrow. Oh, God. Well, he's actually going to have Tony Rice, the old quarterback from there. Uh, and when I say old, I mean before you were born, he was the quarterback there. But well, everything that Bark is paying attention to is before you were born. That's why Jay Moore wasn't exactly leaping at it. 88, that was a special yeah. year. That special year. He's also wants to review Back to the Future at the same time. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah. But I think if we've all seen it, we all know what happens. Um, next time that we do reopen the case, Doc Gooden never did dope. When we get back, I don't think he took drugs. Where's the proof, people? <laughs> Show it to me. He admitted it in a book. No, he didn't. His 17 rehabs. The fucking Illuminati. <laughs> he was coerced. Well, he was coerced. <laughs> Everyone gets coerced the first time. <laughs> Come on. Let's try some. Then I would always say this. 
You are right. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, missing out on it. You got anything you need to plug? Anything on the television? Anything we got to do for tomorrow? If any of you guys want Fez to load your stuff, send it to him immediately. Fez2000 at AOL. You have anything at home? You like Fez to load? I'm going to get that to him then. Yeah. I know what you'd like him to load your ass. Don't. <laughs> Jesus, no. I don't want him to load my ass with cock. Mm. All right. That's it. See you guys back in here tomorrow. It's going to be barking time. Bark at the moon. Bark lounger. He loves that. That's what he wants to call his show. <laughs> hmm? How much time, Pips? <laughs> Ten seconds. I got plenty of time then, don't I? I don't God, have to hit this right away. This is how I would do it if a missile was coming through here. This is how long <laughs> uh, before I would try to stop hit it. Hit it! <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. You're like two seconds. Oh, it's not working! <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus. That's the end of our show. Bonk.